Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. We got to get a new intro. That thing is not timeless, even though you just. Timeless. It's not timeless. Hi, everybody. It's Morning Combat time. It is the 3rd of October, I believe, 2022, and we are back in the bomb shelter. This thing is enormous. Uh, how are you doing, folks? My name is Luke Thomas. Hey, look at this, BC, who is my co-host as well. Yeah. We have uh, new microphones. We're definitely better together. We're going to try to see if this works because I move a lot, Luke, so a typical lapel lavalier microphone might not be the right choice for me, but this feels a little weird to start. I'm you're not very, you're very low energy this yeah, morning. Very low T. I don't know if I should bend each time I talk. Well, I, see, in radio, what they do is they give you the articulating arms so they can just follow you wherever you go. Yeah. These we kind of have to be up on. So let us know if the sound if is I trash. Huh? The whole show would that be awkward? That'd be super awkward, <laughs> and you couldn't do it. It's actually kind of the stand is kind of heavy, actually. It only took three years of uh, audio fuck-ups for us <laughs> to arrive in this position, but here we are, just the same. Uh, big weekend. There yeah. was UFC, Bellator, BKFC, one. one. There was a uh, there was Invicta, of course, as well. Dude, that one main reason. event was awesome. More to come on that, but what a what a fight that one main event. The one on Prime Video yeah, too, which is the worst naming convention in all of combat oh, sports. We got a really good. Have you seen this shit today in studio? Now you say that, and uh, you say that. You sometimes know, it's true, sometimes it's not. We have a special guest too to close the show in 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 the in the damn studio. We do have a special guest. I don't know how special it will be to the viewers, but it's special to us. Yeah. Special to us. How are you doing, BC? How was your weekend? I'm, you know, I'm doing great. Thank you, Luke. Uh, because when we get back together and do this, it's like, oh yeah, this is why we this is why we started this, Luke. Did they okay? fit? Yes, they did. It's you know, it's just like taking the condom off. <laughs> I do love raw dogging. I just want to be very clear. I'm glad the camera came on that's, me as soon as I said that. I'm sorry. That's I can say that because no one in my family is aware of the show or even dude, I don't think anyone in my show except my, my wife knows what the show is called. So. Well, shouldn't we transition from that awful ill time just not uh, not acceptable humor to something that you may be surprised about, Luke, that all we do is win, 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 oh. no matter what. And that's because of you, 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 the incredible MK viewer. Luke Thomas, tell the people how they helped us get to the top. Well, we won. I, the naming of it is kind of weird, but we basically won the best sports podcast for the People's Choice Awards, which is, as it was explained to us, 17 years run, running long, and it's something of an industry standard for uh, performance. And we got we were surprised by it. Our, one of our bosses at Showtime texted us about it, and it got circulated with Inside CBS. So for everyone who voted, thank you. And I know that there are people, listen, if people don't want to advocate for awards because they feel like it's gauche or they're, they're, it's just not for them, I don't judge them. But we're not above that. Yeah, people are like, you know, <laughs> people try to try, try to send us snarky follow-up tweets that They're are like, like yeah, well, you, you know, guys advocate for it. What, yes. like, what's it feel like to be begging yes, the your... Fuck we did. You know what it feels like? It feels like we won, and I think that's the point of it. And we only win, not because of stuff we did, although we try our best to put out the best possible show. Seriously, it's because of you guys 
I don't know what they do. I don't know if it's legal, but they attack the voting booths. Luke. I know. So you only banged the prom queen because you asked her out. Yes, that's exactly correct. That's how it works. That's exactly that's, what that's we That's how did. the transaction takes place. Seriously, thank you to the viewers. And look, if it was like best combat sports or best MMA award, I would still be happy and proud. It is best sports podcast, and we did beat big time, including people in our own CBS Sports yes, landscape. Yes, to all of the other CBS Sports podcasts that we beat. But we did beat, no. you know, pro football, college football, fantasy sports. Um, Maybe because we've built this aggressive, absurd family, Luke. And the same family could one day tear on us and tear down our flesh and turn on us. But until they do, I love you. I got so much love for you. Now, you, I think you are, you've had a few gummies before the show. No, have you? no, no. I just, when we get together, it's like I'm alive again, you know? All right, I mean? very good. Well, it's nice to see you. We have a lot to get to. The only other time I feel like this is in the restroom, Luke. You feel alive in the shitter? Depending on what I've eaten that day. <laughs> <laughs> the Taco Bell opened downstairs. Yeah, that was a great text from Luke on the way in. Uh, all right, we have a lot to get to. As I mentioned, uh, we'll have, have you seen this shit? We'll have DMs from Donks. We'll have a lot of stuff. But let's start with our main topics. Oh, well, I guess we can't remind anyone to do the voting because that's over. So real quickly, Showtime.com. Showtime.com is the label that pays. You can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. If you got it, you probably watched Bellator on Saturday night. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then, of course, Merch, morningcombat.store. Morningcombat.store uh, is the place you want to go to to get merch that neither of us are wearing. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You got wearing the Roots of Fight stuff? Yeah, I am because it looks cool for a guy like me. You know, because someone, as they meet me, goes, I wonder if he fights or, or even rolls. He doesn't do either of those, just so we're, just so we're clear. But, uh, you know, you're saying there's a chance, Luke. All right, uh, let's get things going if we can. Topic number one, we will start with UFC. So there was UFC Vegas 61, and yes, we'll talk about the Zuckerberg thing later, but for now, let's talk about the fights. That's the most important part. Yan Xiaonan does get past Mackenzie Dern. BC, we'll talk about Dern. We'll talk about everything that is important. Relative yeah, because to... the story is Dern. It is. Let's be fair. It I is. think the majority of the North American attention is about Dern, but Jan is the victor, and I got to say, she looked massively, massively improved, especially as it was related to sub-defense. On Friday's show, I thought if it went to the ground, based on what she had showed previously with her sub-defense, she would not be able to survive. She did. She gets the win. She's tough as shit, Luke. Is she a... Here's my question for you. Is she a legit title contender. I think so. I think so. Cause that's the level that we were ready to brand Mackenzie Dern. Had she had won, we were preparing the, you know, the foundation, the steps to walk up to the first title opportunity here, but it wasn't. So why Jan, we knew was skilled. We knew was quick, technical. I mean, look, if you're going to stand with her for five rounds, you're probably going to come up empty. Even the Marina Rodriguez loss was a kind of flip of the coin situation, but I don't think she gets enough credit for how sturdy, tough, physically strong, but also the backbone, Luke, to, to fight through the situations on the ground where Dern did have a, a huge advantage and really seemed like she was one turn, one move away from from putting that fight in gear and, to, and really getting the finish. So, man, uh, when you survive that and you come out with your hand raised and, you know, scoring-wise, even if you liked what Dern did, you can't give her more than two rounds. That's just what it is, Luke. No, did you give the fifth round to her 10-8? I did not. Tell me why. I didn't think there was enough offensive damage. So in 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 remarking that of the four significant, excuse me, of the total amount of significant strikes that Dern landed in the fifth, just four were significant. Now she did attempt, I think, a total of almost ninety-seven in that round. She excuse me, she attempted one hundred and thirteen, landed ninety-seven, but they were the pitter patter. 
you know, yeah. there's not a whole lot to it kind of shots, only four of genuine significance or distance. Um, I also don't think it's a 10-8. I can understand if someone scored a 10-8. I don't think it's ludicrous to think that, but I didn't as well. But with Yon Xiaonan, I would say two things stand out to me. Number one, the sub-defense just dramatically improved. Way, way better than I thought. And for folks who may not understand, they've never rolled, they just don't get it. Going against someone that good, any mistake about your balance arm placement, elbow placement, hand placement, reaching, pulling, weight distribution, anything like that, any small mistake can just avalanche into dangerous territory or an outright submission. So you have to be very careful with how you do it. You can't spaz like CM Punk did against Mickey Gall. It just doesn't work that way. And the other part about it is I thought her footwork was pretty clean. I thought for the most part, for the most part, she was able to repel a lot of attacks. She was acting like a matador at times. She got herself into position to get her best strike. She got herself largely out of position when she needed to. I got to tell you, I don't know if she's the best straw weight in the world. That to, that part to me seems she's very She's got much, more work to do after that. She's got more work to do. Escape, but this was a positive step in the in that hugely board, positive right? step nothing accidental about it that was a clean win and when a fighter can show real demonstrable improvement both defensively and offensively foundationally or otherwise you really got to note it you really got to take it seriously i was wrong about uh yon shanan sub defense and and she more than proved it in getting the win uh can i tell you why dern is actually the story here even separate from her potential stardom okay because Tell me if I'm wrong on how I evaluate her performance in this fight. One, she didn't win because of her lack of evolution. But two, she's not that far away from adding enough onto that evolution that I'm still looking at a, a future title contender and maybe a future champion. If she can get all that together because the intangibles are there and they were on display again and she was had the gas tank, she's tough, she's going to go after it. She's always one big move away from, from finishing that fight. Maybe the fact that she doesn't finish when she's in those dominant positions is still part of her lack of full you know evolution, meaning she didn't win because she's not there yet. But I'm not sure there's anything that's stopping her from eventually getting there. I am not so sure. I am not ooh, so ooh, sure. Ooh, bring, um, that. bring that. If all we ever get is a slightly more polished version of what we had, she's not going to win a title. Not going to happen. Um, I don't believe that. I mean, of course, it always could happen in the sense that, like, someone makes a mistake and she can find the back. And but against a championship level fighter, I just don't. I just don't really buy that. And you know, if she has to fight someone like Jessica Andrade, who's a powerhouse. I mean, just so many problems with what Dern was doing. And let's, let's start. With I'd love that fight. That would be a great fight to watch. Andrade versus Dern. Just style wise, it would just be. Yeah, really... that'd be great. I, I agree, that'd be a great fight. But dude, that's a. Here's the problem with, with what Dern doing is. I, okay, so for example, in the wrestling, what do you notice about it? Number one, have you noticed how often her posture gets broken? She was complaining to us in an interview, like when she first started wrestling, her lower back was hurting. I mentioned this on Friday. So I was looking to see again, like what kind of posture can she maintain when chaining takedowns from going to a double to a single or whatever else she was doing. And it gets broken immediately. It gets broken almost immediately. Um, that's a huge problem. If you can't maintain posture through wrestling attacks, you can't wrestle. This is basically the general idea there. Number two, do you see how often she walked into big punches? Oh, that part's still, dude. the, the flaws like, are still there. It's like, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, against a bigger puncher like an Andrade or someone who's got really clever footwork and good defense and whatever, that, that there's just not enough there. There's just okay, not enough there. What's more distressing in the sense that's keeping her from being there? Is it the lack of 
well-roundedness or the lack of execution on what she's supposed to do well? Like, is she a little bit too sloppy? Is that the what you're kind of framing? So I said before, I thought her balance got better, and I still think it's pretty good, although there was times where she was running forward and almost tripping over herself a little bit, although Yan Shanon's clever footwork contributed to that. To me, the problem is I'm not even in the areas in which she has the most to work on. I mean, the jiu-jitsu is, I mean, more than ready to go. It's like the best, some of the best you've ever seen in the octagon. But in terms of the areas in which she's lacking, we're not even really seeing very much incremental progress. That's kind of what's getting to me a little bit. It just seems like we're still exactly where, like, can you really say in terms of the areas in which she was lacking, there's been a big progress made since the Rodriguez fight? You just cannot say that. You cannot not enough. say that. Certainly not enough, and that's why she lost, right? Because she, her intangibles and, and, and the danger she brings got herself pretty damn close to being in positions to win that fight. She got two takedowns. She got one in the third round, which was a decent one, and then she got one in the fifth. But the one in the fifth, I mean, she got almost by a stroke of luck. She had pulled Yan Xiaonan's weight all the way over her that she was able to get it almost with like a sacrifice throw kind of situation. But, you know, that that barely worked. I mean, it barely worked. And so if that didn't work... What did you have to show for anything? It, there's just she's not there yet. So we're, we're the, both the, establishing off, here, that. Here's the thing with Demi and Maya. Demi and Maya had lopsided offense, and he did have more traditional wrestling attacks. But the inside that Demi and Maya had was he tried initially to do all the jujitsu stuff, and it worked up to a point. And then he decided, I'm going to get more traditional wrestling attacks. I'm going to work on my jab. I'm going to work on my striking a little bit. And that worked to a point as well. And it almost kind of set him back in a certain way. In other words, it didn't bring some of his other ground skills to life. Yeah. It was that third adaptation that he made where, for example, he would shoot someone sprawls and then he would like baseball slide underneath them and then use his legs to grab a hold of him. It was adapting his jujitsu, partly for his age, partly for the stage of his career. If Mackenzie can do something like that where she's getting – because people are going to react – very, very strongly to anything she does related to the ground. Taking advantage of some of those reactions, it seems to me, is that's a, to your point, that's a doable path for evolution. But the path she's on now, I don't, I don't, I candidly, and she, you know, she took the loss hard and she seems like a very sweet and genuine person. I don't say any of this because it makes me happy to say it, but I'm just not seeing a ton of progress, man. Like You're right. And that's why me presenting that sort of, you know, yin and yang at the same time it, it, this is an odd enough situation where i still think it can be true she didn't win this fight because of that lack of evolution we are getting to a point where like okay is it going to happen are you is uh, that's fair to say fair to say but those intangibles stick out huge to me luke i mean she is she can be absolutely dominant when things go her way and that's i mean that's that that can be rare on the elite level where somebody can take over a fight in certain situations and be in i mean and leave the opponent in that much of a perilous situation you know trying to trying to stay above water obviously she needs to fully develop the delivery system to get there because as soon as she gets tired whatever success she's had in evolution and striking goes away instantly you know like a firmness to the jab or any type of setup it's very raw there but Man, those intangibles, Luke, I don't know if we always see it at that level in somebody who we're trying to gauge whether they're coming or going. I guess I got to be honest. I'm not sure. I know what the word intangibles mean, but I'm not sure what you mean. You mean like how fearful everyone is of her ground game? No, I think it's the combination. Well, it's a combination of that mixed with her chin, which is... Is very is good. very good. And her composure under fire. Her composure excellent. under fire. And that's the key. And in, 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 uh, you can't fake that. And she seems to have that in... 
you know, full power. So that's something where you're, you know, it's, it's like in basketball, if somebody can do something so physically powerful, but they're raw, you're like, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll take our time teaching them how to dribble. Um, in some res- respects, she's running out of time in terms of staying on that path and going forward. But I still believe this could be a loss that really kicks her in the butt and, and makes her go, okay, whatever I'm not doing, whatever I'm doing to hold myself back, you know, now I know I need to give even more if it's going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean... I, and you only give these nine lives situations to, to special me, this, I don't know, this, this looked to me, I mean, it obviously was different, but like in the broad strokes, this was the Rodriguez fight over again. You can't win on the feet. You have a hard time finding the clinch. Once you get on the ground, you, she's a fucking Terminator. Like that, that, it's the same lesson over and over again. Why would this one be different? I mean, obviously, I think she thought maybe by 29 or on the age of 30, I'd be in a different place. I'd be, you know, contending for a title or something like that. I, I don't know in that sense. But in terms of like the technical development, it's just not happening. And you know what lessens my fears is is part of this intangible bubble is that she's a student of the game and she's a competitor, and you can see that. So that's why I guess I'm more apt to look at that and go. Give her more time. There's still another gear that she's going to activate, I mean, and, she's not, and maybe this is the loss that yeah. creates that. Maybe it's not. But just, just think about. I mean, obviously, this is a you know it's a very high standard to hold somebody to. But think about like Charles Oliveira and his guard yeah. and his jujitsu. He only needs to use it when he wants to. He doesn't really need to go to it. Uh, he can retreat to it. And people like Dern are terrified of going into his guard, and so it acts as this kind of deterrent. Whereas she has to kind of force it on everyone and they play this prevent defense the whole time and so it's hard to get them to open up there's that's the other part too it's like where was the ground and pound that's that's not a lot of ground and pound if she seriously think about it if she solved the ground and pound hole it's a huge we would we would remove a lot of these questions Dude, all she needs she would be finishing people all she needs is two or good three takedowns like that that she can just reliably go to find a way to close the distance add some ground and pound and she is going to be a fucking nightmare she needs you're right that's the but isn't that the the short term that's the biggest thing she needs to address right now because if she does that she's she's finishing people Yes, because she, I mean, her ability to find position, achieve it. I did like one thing she was doing where I, the butt scooting was not that great, but she can get away with it because of how good her jujitsu is. But you notice she was harassing Yan Xiaonan's balance with her feet as she backed up. Things like that, like Demi and Maya using little clever tricks like that. More of that needs to be built. But I just think if you're Dern, you have to take a long look in the mirror here. Like, you've got so many things that the rest of the division is utterly petrified to even, they don't don't even want to deal with it. They just want to shut down and stop as long as they can when they're in those bad spots. But if you don't have the other mechanisms to bring those talents to bear and you're not making the development fight over fight, then where are you headed? Um, That's sort of to me like the broader question here. And, And again, two of 11 takedowns had two sub attempts, had nine minutes and 19 seconds of control. Now, I kind of blasted, not blasted, but I was critical of people being like um, uh, Raul Rosas Jr., the 17-year-old, like he had that much time and he couldn't get the sub. But that's over, you know, a guy trying to fight his way into the UFC. This is over somebody who could be a potential title contender, potentially even a champion. Uh, It's very, very different. But the point being is, if you're Mackenzie Dern, and if I told Mackenzie Dern you're going to get nine minutes and 19 seconds of control time to get the sub, she should have gotten the sub. She should have gotten the sub. I mean, that's other parts of the game. Both parts are true. Both both sides of this debate are true, Luke. Okay? All right. Uh, But I'll take somebody with that five-round gas tank with that killer instinct if I can just refine it a little bit more, Luke. Luke, she's going to get there. She's going to fight for a world title. She, She, listen... She's going to win again. Uh, she doesn't turn 30 till March, so she's got a little bit of time. And, you know, she went to the UFC, let's see, in March of 2018. So in next March, 
that she'll be 30, and that'll have been basically five years of UFC time. But that, that was against Ashley Yoder, Amanda Cooper, and then Amanda Hebus. Can you really say she's made significant progress since then in the areas where she's weak? Obviously, her jiu-jitsu is legendary, but in the areas where she's weak, can you say that after five years? That's five years' worth of improvement you can visibly attest to? It doesn't look like that. To it me. hasn't been at the speed you would want it to be. It hasn't been at the consistency you would want it to be. But it has been an evolution, Luke, even if it's slower sometimes in the direction you, you didn't think should have been the right move to sure up some holes or whatever. Um, again, if it was a different fighter, a regular fighter, I would, I'd be like, okay— we're running out of time here. Right. This is a special fighter in some regard. And I and I think you no, know, I, I agree. Think you can, I agree. There's, you can there's... put a little magic on it. But Luke, I think it's gonna come down to her looking in the mirror. And I don't know the camp or her enough to make a bold claim like that, but at the in the end, it always does comes down to like, am I giving everything I possibly I don't think can? she's not training enough. I don't think that's the issue. Like, is she not? I mean, I don't know. I mean, certainly people around her could say better. To me, it doesn't seem like an effort issue. It just seems like Maybe there's a different way they could be going about it. Um, yeah, execution, but that that also comes from making sure your vision of it is right on point. She's she's weird in a certain kind of way, which is to say, a lot of times what you would get is the people adapting from jujitsu to over to MMA. They did not have the composure under fire, but they were easily not easily, but they were more readily able to get the wrestling skills that they needed to, where they could kind of dodge it. Andre Galval was kind of like that. Hadra Gracie was a little bit like that. There's been plenty of other ones. She's she's a little bit more like Noguera in that sense, where obviously she had way better jujitsu than Noguera and much better accomplishments, but she has that composure. Man, if you've got that composure as a jiu-jitsu specialist, yeah. can you imagine if she was able to march down and then force Yan Xiaonan to shoot just to get the fuck up off of her, what she could do? And that way, she's a little bit different. Also, getting back to Yan, before we forget this, now we've got John Wiley taking on Carla Esparza. We actually asked Mackenzie Dern about that for the title. Who do you think is going to win? She thinks that Zhang Wiley is going to win. Let's assume for the sake of argument that she's correct. Zhang Wiley is re reformed, refurbished. Fair like, enough. The, 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 the Cejudo effect. The Cejudo effect. yes. But the, one, the, the question I would want to ask you is, now, I do think that Marina Rodriguez is the deserving number one contender. So they could do Rodriguez versus Xiaonan or Andrade just kind of floating out there. I don't know if Jan's going to get it. <laughs> but here is my question. How big for the UFC's China efforts would a Zhang Wiley versus Yan Xiaonan fight be? Wow. For the title? Uh, probably huge. I probably mean, fucking big. I mean, think about it. When they had, you know, so Zhang Wiley wasn't the first Chinese fighter to fight, but she was the first to win a championship and did it on home soil with the great champion Andrade kind of running right into it. I mean, it just was perfect for them. Could you, you know, is I always thought, okay, that's 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 perfect. It's just you know, it's fate, Luke. It was just the the best possible foot forward on trying to expand and grow in this area of the world. But putting these two against one another, Luke, is like is next level. That's the cherry on top promotionally. It could have a monster impact. It would also be a very good fight. But what is the path that we get there in terms of matchmaking if that's in the cards in the end? I think, I don't know. Uh, I do think Sean Wiley's going to win. So there's a possibility there. And that, by the way, Jan could get the go-ahead just by virtue of the UFC trying to build that market, never lose sight of that. And but make I, Marina fight Andrade? They could do that. I or, mean, as great of a fight as that would be, it's like, what else does Marina have to do? Just I know. He's so it. unfair to Marina, who's been on a great win streak. So I think that Marina will get it. And then I think the winner of Jan Shonan, Jessica Andrade, would be your number one contender. Which would also be a banger. Which would be a right. fucking banger as well. So, so there's a lot of interesting possibilities This division there, remains undefeated, Luke. I mean, be honest. Here. It's the best in class for women's MMA, certainly. Uh, Adam Waite is, you know, making some moves, and Bantamweight's got the history. But um, 
strawweight is where most of the action is. Any, any final thoughts on Dern about like changing up her training? To me, I, I, I just want to add one final note. I would like to see her approach grappling and the transition to get it to the ground a little bit. I kind of made this point earlier, but I want to make it explicit. Like, do what Maya did. Let's not try to traditionally teach her doubles. I mean, there's probably a value to that, but that seems like a very long play. What can we do to, like, cheat the system a little bit where we just create entanglement and we create contact based off of the expectation that someone's going to have a standard kind of wrestling defensive response to a perceived wrestling attack? I think those are the avenues that they should be pursuing. That seems to me like she... How many fighters in the UFC... In the top five, can you say pulling guard for them works? Not many. Mackenzie Dern is one of them. So don't you get my point now that, like, if there's the very rare fighter not to panic on, she fits that bill of that rare, unique fighter with the intangibles who you, you shouldn't be too quick to say, like, run out of chances. No. Pa panic, no, but I don't think you have a great answer for why the development is not happening. I think it's personal. I think there's some disconnect. Maybe it's a... Uh, you know, I, I only have to train the, the other disciplines at a certain level because I know my base jujitsu is so strong. And, I, and I'm not saying it's, it hasn't been a want to evolve, Luke, but something in the wiring, you know, in terms of connecting that to have the motivation and the vision and the execution plan to do that. Something's missing and she's close, Luke. I think she may be closer than you think is my whole point. Okay. It's a compliment in the end, but you, you get you get what I'm saying. Okay, uh, let's go to point number two. We stay with the UFC card before we get to Bellator. Very broad, open-ended question here, BC. Very simple. In your mind, who else shined at UFC Vegas 61? Um, why, why don't you tell me first, Luke, here, as I, as I try to remember what fights were on that card. You know? You're just high as a kite, no, huh? No, that's not true. <laughs> um, uh, there's a, well, listen, you could go to the people who won the uh, performance bonuses. I'll tell you who's going in the wrong direction. Slava Claus, unfortunately, Luke, who makes yeah. great TV. But um, Yeah, he got handled. That's, like, that's got the handled. guy I was going to go to, actually, just a second here. But your performance bonus winners were Joaquin Silva. Brendan Allen, by the way, had a nice win over Christoph Jocko. Chelsea Chandler and then Guido Canetti oh, having so the win over Randy Costa, which is surprising to me. Did you see the Chelsea Chandler fight? She's... Uh, it was her UFC debut, and she's from Stockton. And she got a full mount, ground and pound, vicious, you know, TKO at the end of the first. Is yep. she, is she, does she have hype behind her, or, or is it just the Stockton connection and the fact that she executed like an absolute badass? Didn't see enough from this to make a to bigger call, but you're right. That one looked amazing. There seemed to be some buzz building. Yes, yes, yeah. I agree. I was going to go with Mike Davis. Mike Davis. When his fight went to a decision, Sadiq Youssef, by the way, was also a, a local guy out of the DC area. He looked pretty good as well, getting a win over uh, Don Chanis, who was the Cage Titans 145-pound champion. Connecticut represent. Yeah, and, and yeah. just got, I mean, he was coming in off last minute notice. That's a very d tough assignment. He got run over. But uh, for me, Mike Davis, this was also an opponent he had to take on kind of last minute. So, you know, you have to give some, some account for that. But he, uh, this is a guy who fought Sadiq Yusuf on the Contender Series. And then he had a, a rough kind of matchmaking run through the UFC. And his record doesn't reflect, I think, how good he is. Dude, he's jacked He's jacked shit. as shit. Yeah, he's jacked wow. as shit. Uh, dude, I've never been that jacked a like an hour in my life. You haven't even been that jacked in your mind. In my mind. <laughs> I don't even know how to look in the mirror and imagine how yeah. fucking jacked that is. But he, to me, this was a very complete performance. This was a guy, as he noted, who loves to strike. Well, okay, you say I very thought his, complete. I thought his wrestling looked good. I thought his ground and pound was pretty good. Can I ask good. you this? Because I was hugely impressed by all of those positive 
categories. And I was like, oh man, he looks like he has the hunger. It looks like everything's starting to come together, so he's figuring it out. But he almost kind of gassed too, Luke. It almost looked like the back door was kind of hanging open. And he just. So the thing is with Mike, I, I've been very impressed by him. It does seem like there's a few t more T's in his development and I's that need to be crossed. I mean, in the first round, he went after it, and that's probably yes. why he was yes. in a position. And I mean, maybe he didn't know what to expect because this was all kind of last minute and or you know late notice anyway. And uh, and so I don't know exactly, but I did think that I've seen Mike underperform a lot relative to, I think, his abilities. I did not think he underperformed here. I right. thought there could have been a few things that were tightened up, to your point, but I like Mike Davis. I like the way he fights. I like his uh, physical attributes as well in terms of, like, how he can bring that to bear. He's going to run into a bigger-name fighter who's not going to know what's coming. He he Doesn't he give you that air like he's going to get a big win coming up that, that you're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, well, he the problem was he got one of those a little too early in his run. They gave him Sadiq Yusuf and Gilbert Burns within three fights of each other. Yeah. That's just a rough, rough way to that fight. That was a rough version of Gilbert Burns, too, a guy who was, like, ready to sharpen that knife and start. Yeah, that was 2019. Know? That was on the Jacare versus Hermanson card. So, to me, he hasn't had a chance to shine. He's been off for a while, I think. So, the, this was a chance to put things together. And while not perfect— I thought he made a big a big leap and then was asking for followers on social media. Now, having said that, you could go with Ilir Latifi, who had a very heavy breathing performance against... Uh, like Luke, that was... Beefy Latifi is is just more beefy yeah, than Latifi. Yeah, shout out to Brandon Wise CBS for coming up with that nickname. But uh, that fight, I told you was going to be sloppy. It was way grosser than I even expected <laughs> or wanted it to be. I mean, first of all, Luke, they... I mean, they both kind of let it go around the belly a little. And that's fine, Luke. You know that. Yeah, well, Linick I mean, is in his 40s. I mean, I mean you got to cut him you know, there was some just odd striking attempts and, and gassing and some good wrestling ability at times. But, um, dude, Latifi kind of went after it on the mic afterwards. Luke, we will see him on Have You Seen This Shit Later. But uh, um, it almost, I was like, is he going to retire? Is he asking for a new contract? I didn't really understand it fully, Luke. Um, and then he was asking Zuckerberg for money. Which I don't think that's going to help his cause yeah, of getting Z a new contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zuckerberg is not interested in your poverty. Zuckerberg's let like, me, cut him, cut him, Dana, cut him. Yeah, Yeah. let me tell you, he's not interested in your poverty or money And he's in your emails, all. Luke. He's definitely in your emails. Yeah, probably. Almost certainly in my emails. He knows your search history. All right, let's go to point number three since you it's kind like of punted on It's like a grenade. The, and it's since like you kind of punted the on The pin thing. on the grenade is like just, it's just hanging, right, Luke? Let's go to point number three. We go now to, and by the way, of course, you're like, what about all the other fights? We'll get to them with extra credit, of course. Uh, okay, point number three, topic number three anyway, Pitbull. He gets a unanimous decision win over Adam Boric in the main event of Bellator 286 in Long Beach, California, BC. Very simple question for you, or I guess, I guess uh, challenge, rather. Give me a grade. Give me a grade. You can one to ten, letter A, B, C, or whatever, for Pitbull's performance in this main event. A minus. Ooh, that's high. Okay. And here's why. Pitbull, who we... Okay, the only question we had if he still wanted to fight was really just A.J. McKee talking, look, I think he's going to retire after he wins. You get A.J. McKee sort of like angling for a fight. That's a different story. He came in here with big plans suddenly of like potential Bantamweight move, potential Pico. I mean, he had all these plans laid out. And yet at 35, you went out there, and we're seeing that 2.0 older yet wiser and more efficient uh, Pitbull because this was like five rounds of disarmament. I mean, Adam Borch is dangerous, and I think that Pitbull, by controlling that distance so perfectly, which is so hard to do when you're that much shorter and your reach is uh, at that much of a disadvantage, yet he was able to discipline uh, Borch because every time Borch kind of crossed that line, he'd eat a right hand cross right at him. Or anytime Borch tried the theatrical flying knee, I mean, Pipple was all over that shit. So 
he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He doesn't look like he's lost a step. He's got big plans in multiple divisions. I mean, Pitbull is still that dude, then, now, and forever, the best fighter Bellator has ever had and still is. I mean, this. what, what can you say negative? This was expert execution. I'd give it a B plus. Is it because they booed his ass? No, the crowd there was not great. The crowd was very antsy. Strong Beach. Yeah, Strong Beach was begging these guys to fight like morons so they could get, you know, some kind of uh, crazy action. I'm like, you just... The problem was, and we'll talk about this, the A.J. McKee and Spike Carlisle, <laughs> like... That was a, that was like a car Execution crack. slash gangbang slash, you know, whatever that was. That's a hard act to follow. And so when you get that followed by two very premier... And A.J. McKee's a premier talent, but in this case, you know, that wasn't him acting in a premier talent way and this fight was it was two guys who had to be very careful like if you're Adam Boric your margin for error is very thin and conversely for Pitbull I don't think it's great either so you had guys you had both of them acting a little bit reserved I would give it a high grade for I thought Pitbull was never really in trouble there's been times where he's had to rally in fights by being hurt by guys he's better than but then had to kind of rally you never really saw that fifth round fifth round when I think the fatigue of it all kind of set in then Pitbull had to you know take a step back but it was only when he took a small step backwards metaphorically speaking that Boric was able to do anything still a at all badass. yeah so but like for, but for, like in execution expert like he can still be that technician when he needs to yeah so that was the part that to me was interesting he was a great technician i thought the difference might be the power punching and it played a role in the sense that it disciplined Adam Boric, mm -hmm. but I thought it'd do more to damage and then ultimately stop him or hurt him or drop him. I did not see that because of the way in which Pitbull was approaching this contest. I will say the point that you raised, which was the one they built the highlights off of, all of those jumping switch knees, Pitbull read those a mile away. They had clearly prepared for those in camp. And there's one highlight where you can see him. It was the very first time that Borch threw it where he connects with a punch yeah. as he's throwing it. And you can watch as Borch's other knee see it literally yeah. touches his face and and the eyes of Pitbull never lose the target. Oh, yeah. I mean, that kind of presence in the pocket under that kind of duress is rare. That is rare. So for that reason, he does deserve a very high grade. I just thought that, like, if you're talking about the full pit bull picture, you got the majority of it. You got, like, an 8 out of 10 in that okay. regard, not a I mean, 9. I didn't see – so did you feel like he didn't have the intent to finish or that – No, I, I, listen, I think he tried his absolute hardest, and, you know, you had a difficult opponent, and so in that sense – But when you get – look, look at what Tyron Woodley did so well. By the time he got to the UFC welterweight title, he was already advanced age, but was able to just fight such an efficient, perfect fight every time out, kind of fighting the other guy's style or taking away the other guy's strength uh, in that regard – the fact that Pitbull is, can still be a badass and can author this responsible, it's like Jordan uh, adding that mid-range fadeaway jump shot, yes. 1993, right? Just like, oh, now we see what he's going to be when almost, he's older. Almost like St. Pierre transitioning over to like a wrestle-heavy attack where everything, all the variables are carefully managed. He can do it on his feet, but it's the same kind of idea. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, Pitbull should go back up to lightweight. He should join this tournament. He should be seeking these huge fights. He's at such a disadvantage. He's even at a disadvantage in, in length and reach in this fight. Yes. Uh, so him going back, him attempting this idea of maybe going down to Bantamweight and trying to become the really the sport's first three-division champion on, on, a major promotion, on any yeah. kind of level like this is so badass and admirable in its own right and, and kind of a Jose Aldo model of what he recently did, um, although this would be a third division. But, like, he's also still really great in terms of fight IQ, in terms of just, like— 
I mean, look, he has figured the entire game out. The, I, I don't think there's anyone. He can have tough fights at 145. And the odds, I thought, were a little bit making this closer than it needed to be. He has no peer at 145. Now, if A.J. McKee dropped down, that kind of changes the ball game. But he even told, we'll talk about this in a minute, he even told Big John McCarthy in the post-fight interview he, he wanted to be in the 155-pound tourney. So when I say he has no peer at 145 in Bellator, what I mean is that McKee is off to the 155 races, leaving what's there. They're still very good fighters. I, I wouldn't pick any of them over Bellator, or excuse me, over Pitbull, not even close. Now, I do want to talk about Boric for a second. What kind of grade would you give him? Because I thought he did his best. He falls to 18-2. and two. He's only got two losses, one to um, Darian Caldwell and now Pitbull. Those are hardly that bad. He's just 29 years of age. There's still some upside for him, no? Yeah, I mean, he can still grow from this and all that, but how much do we hold against him, Luke, that he fell into a bad pattern in this fight and he could never really get out of that bad pattern? I just think, no, I th you, you don't try. think the boxing, the power punching in the boxing of Patricio well, disciplined dude, him? Every single time I hit with a right hand, it was like, uh, stop, stop yeah. that shit. It was like, whatever <laughs> yeah. you're trying to build up as a rally ends right now. So I'm, 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 I'm obviously seeing the obstacles he was up against. So that I guess what's his responsibility at that point? To just go, okay, I lost, man. We went five rounds, I tried my best. Or, our, or for your, your, your own personal journey and your own legacy and all that, are you supposed to go for it, Luke? I mean, he did step on the gas to close the fifth, but I never saw him in a spot where I am ruthlessly going to risk it all to try to win this championship. And is that a flaw? Can he only win these fights when the advantage is in his way? It's a legitimate question, Luke. It's a legitimate question. I just, you know, it's hard to be like, hey, go risk getting knocked the fuck out by Patricio, who, by the way, like, dude, that little guy is a tank. Would you say he's the hardest puncher at 145? Hell yeah. yeah dude. That dude, little dude has Dude, he knocked out Michael bombs. Chandler at lightweight with yes. one punch. I mean, this is He's got bombs, so it's like I under I you know, it's I get your point. I, it's hard for me to disagree with it in the way in which you're presenting it. At the same time, what a ruthless choice. Like, Jesus, you have to go out there and risk just getting completely sent to the land of wind and, and it might ghosts. not be it doesn't seem like it's in him, right? He's more of a technician that's gonna creatively walk you down right. and get in and, and yeah. find you. you know? And I I didn't think he fought a bad fight. I just think on that night he fought a better fighter. Yeah. Just the reality. You fought the best fighter in Bellator history. You did what you could. There's no shame in that. It it just wasn't going to happen for him. So It can't happen, but how much would a uh, Pitbull-Jose Aldo fight right now at like 145? Like if, if it could happen, but it can't really. So what how what would you think? Would you get fired up? Jose is a more dynamic athlete by a considerable margin. Wouldn't that um, be awesome though? That would be awesome. I mean, that would be... Well, this is my question. At 145, I got to tell you, this is where I'm at on 145 in Bellator. Obviously, UFC is a different story. And I saw that, like, Pitbull was like, oh, Dana White's got no balls. Dude, it doesn't, it's not in Dana White's interest to co-promote with Bellator at all. But it is in Pitbull's interest to just be a badass and just yeah, shit on everybody course, at all times. Of time. course, but, like, what does Dana White get out of that? You've got almost all of the world's best featherweights. Like, there's no real big public demand to see them fight Pitbull. What would be the point? Okay, neither here nor there. I'm a little bit, after this win... I'm not, I wasn't, despite the crowd booing, I was not bored. But I'm a little bit bored with the idea of Pitbull waiting around to fight Aaron Pico, which we'll talk about in just a second, or some other 145 contender. You're like, go to Bantam now? Go to Bantamweight now. He already told us he wants to do that. But by the way, when Showtime made the announcement that Bellator was going to be on Showtime, and we did that whole thing of Mohegan Sun, Pitbull told us then and there, that was like 2020 or something, he told us then and there, 
he wanted to go to bantamweight at some point. Now he was he got one of the goals down. You beat Boris. The second one was to do against Pico. Again, we're not we don't know what the hell's going to happen there. And then it was to go to 135. BC, I think he should expedite his timeline. Am I crazy? No, and and I think his hand would get forced anyway because Luke, let's be honest, the best fight for Bellator to make next at 145 is the McKee trilogy right now because what Pipple wanted to do was add Pico's name potentially to his resume as his last stop and then cut down. But P you can't put Pico in the spot after that injury loss, which we can get to, but you get my point, Luke. You can't. So is it a loss? Yeah, but you get my point. It's not a real loss. And it's not, there's no win there, despite how uh, the, the courage he showed. But uh, if you're Pitbull, you're right, Luke. What you just said is right. Go now because am I wrong? Isn't that the move to make right now? Even before AJ going to that lightweight tournament, the move to make is to do that trilogy because you're probably never going to have another chance to if Pitbull's really going that way and AJ's really going and that way. And I saw people bringing up this point that I just don't understand. They're like, well, the winner of the tournament, you know, by the way, Stotts and Danny Sabatello, uh, the winner, well, I guess Magomedov's in it too, but that side of the bracket and eventually the, the whole winner is supposed to get up there and fight uh, Patrice, excuse me, I'm supposed to fight Sergio Pettis. But my thought is this, BC, who gives a shit? The winner of the tournament is going to claim the interim strap. Pettis isn't in it by virtue of his injury, so that doesn't matter anymore. And so the point ends up being, why can't Patricio just fight Sergio Pettis? Winner of the tournament fights the winner of Pettis versus Pitbull. So you wouldn't have him fight, for example, Juan Archuleta for a number one contender position? No. In a rematch, get a, get a good fight out of it. They already fought. I mean, granted, a different weight class, but no, no. And by the way, like, Wancholetta did look really good. We'll talk well, about that. Real good, yeah. I was surprised how good he looks. But and he came out to that Mary Jane weed music? He did, <laughs> he did. And he had someone in his crowd, or in his uh, entourage anyway, screaming bloody murder for him the whole time. But I think the move for Pitbull, go to 135, take on Sergio Pettis. If he wins, he becomes a three-division champion in a very respectable uh, uh, organization in terms of what those weight class titles mean, that it would be historic, and I think that's the move at right. 35 years but of you age. you can't disagree. Don't with, wait any longer. Go you can't now. disagree with, with, with the reason why I said it is because I don't think Pitbull has anything to gain by fighting McKee a third time right now. Right. You know, you just beat him. You're, you're probably going to be an underdog against him. Right? Am I right? I agree. You probably will uh, Underdog or not, it, it doesn't... Go, I know that doesn't matter, but you Go do something point. new is yes. my point. Go and do something they're new. They're probably going to ask him or make him do that, so... I guess you got to give up the belts and go down and go after it. And again, I wouldn't pressure him to go to 35 if he wasn't saying it. It's not like a thing I would think of for him to do. He is a little guy at 145. He's not a big person, even for that. Dude, like... I got the fight. I got the fight. I was like, I, like I, I, you know, I was in Max Holloway's hotel room before his fight with Volkanovski. Holloway is almost six feet tall. Pitbull is a short, small guy. I think he can easily make 135, and I bet his power there is ferocious. Serious question. Assuming that the weight cut didn't kill him, who would you favor? Sergio Pettis, Patricio Pitbull? I'm picking Pitbull. Yeah, you got to pick Pitbull. I'm picking Pitbull, dude. Okay, no. I got, I got, I got an, another idea on how to introduce Pitbull to, the, to this division. Okay, who? Kyoji Horiguchi in Japan in some type of rise and cross promotion, New down. Year's Eve type like blow down. up. Yeah. I know it's probably too soon to turn that thing around, yeah. but you get my something like I'd that. I'd be down. Yes, that's yeah. a great idea. That, and you know that that's like a Scott Coker special. Yes, you, you know he would be down for that. Yes, that's a great. That's that a great fight call. would be dynamite. Yeah, could that fight feel like an old Pride fight in a way? Yeah, I mean, that, yes, yes, that. I, yes, yes, is the yeah. Game. You run a Pride machine, and yeah, yeah. I mean, as part, as part of a larger circus. Yes, it certainly could be. Um, but anyway, that's where I think it should go. Now, 
before we move on to topic number four, let's quickly talk about A.J. McKee. He, he and Spike Carlisle had, like, what can only be described as, I don't know, two cats in a bag. The first I mean, 30 seconds of the first round, which we'll see, and have you insane. seen this shit? I'm sure we'll see it over your shoulder, was just must-see car crash reality TV. We knew Spike Carlisle had it in him, but we also knew he was going to have to just fucking go for it. Dude, he went for it. You got to give him that. Spike and Carlisle goes for it. as shit. You, you called him a perfect TV fighter. I think it's an apt, very smart description. That is I mean, exactly he, what he is. He is must-see TV. Look like Peter McNeely against Mike Tyson. You just came out like a maniac, right? Uh, the only thing that I would say, well, for a while there, when he was banging him to the face... AJ McKee, I was like, this is more like Rocco Sofredi and Lisa Ann. But... Oh. <laughs> you could have just did like a soft Showtime Red Shoe Diaries comparison or something, you know? I'm just saying, here's the thing about Spike Carlisle, and this is why his fights are exciting, because there's two things that happen. One, he comes shot out of a cannon, yeah. and it's just, it's just all hell breaks loose from the word go. Then he gasses, but he's so insanely tough that he just ends up being in these long, miserable situations where he's being walked down or mounted. or Somebody's sitting on his face. Off. Yeah, yeah just someone's fighting off a choke. And so, like, there's this constant drama that's... Either way, either way, you get drama. My question is, not how Spike looked. I think Spike looked how we kind of hoped he would and did Dude, great. He, he actually, long run, he looked pretty good, right? I know he got his ass kicked, but, like, he, he showed out and didn't get finished against one of the best fighters in the world. I thought he gave AJ McKee a much tougher fight than I was expecting. Absolutely. Certainly by the odds. He made... Any questions we had of if AJ could fight this weight class, Spike ended up giving him the hardest test, like physically in the three hard rounds to really try to prove yeah, that. Yeah, so that's my question. How do you think AJ McKee looked at 155? Yeah, so I think it'll get lost in how wild this fight was and because he didn't finish Spike. And look, there were moments I'm going, come on, AJ, like, finish him already. You know what I mean? I guess, Luke, to some degree, we have to give Spike Carlisle a ton of credit for just being stubborn and tough as shit. Recklessly tough in some ways. But... Did AJ execute in just about every category? Yes. And because Spike came out shot out of a cannon, it really tested any potential lingering, you know, intangibles if they had been tarnished at all from the first fight. And we know, you know, AJ said, AJ was very open about the emo emotional breakdown he had after the loss to Pitbull in the rematch. So any of those questions, Luke, he was forced to answer them in the moment. And in that regard, he passed the test with flying colors. He got caught a couple times, but I don't think I ever saw him like, wobbly or hurt or looking like he's in any kind of like real trouble and he was always able to turn every advantage back into his favor and his ground and pound was pretty nasty would you agree yes pretty good i mean he showed he showed out here he, he came with i mean he's supposed to do that in the end and i know spike made it more chaotic and fun than maybe it should have been but he still dominated that fight i would say that uh you know spike has fought at 145 but he's fought as one i could tell as high as 165 yeah. um I would say that A.J. McKee definitely can have success in this weight class, and he had the speed advantage, by the way. I thought he looked much quicker than Spike Carlisle. Uh, but I will say, I don't think he's fully filled out. I do think there's still a little bit more adjusting to the weight class realities that has to happen. So in the end, you got to give Beltor and Scott Coker a little bit of credit in this regard. People were like, oh, this is a mismatch. First of all, it turned out to be not as much of a mismatch as folks thought it was going to be. That's the first thing I'd say. Second of all, it actually turned out to be, an, if you want to call it a tune-up fight, there's really no such thing as tune-up fights in MMA in the same way that they're used in boxing, but such as you want to call it that, an easy first entry, relatively speaking, for a new weight class, 
this was actually great for AJ McKee. He finally got an exciting te- uh, fight in front of his hometown fans. That's great, and he got a good but very winnable test against someone who's kind of tough to to put away. So he got a full three rounds of action. Got to feel what it was like at 155. This was actually very helpful for AJ McKee. I think Bellator handled this the right way. I think you so too. And, and he got a chance to be cheered by his hometown crowd. I didn't feel like the crowd was reaching through my screen in a Dublin type of sense, Luke, necessarily. No, the but crowd they, there was not nearly as good. But they certainly— Also, there wasn't nearly as many of them as there was. But look, I just like that he had to pass some gritty elements of this test. Skill for skill, no. You know, you knew that coming in. The odds showed of what type of fight it could be. But AJ passed any um, test that I needed to see. But in terms of the future, like you said, he he still needs to fill out more. And he said that to us. I think part of the reason why he hasn't, because he's not really sure if he's coming or going for sure in regard to the trilogy and if whether he would have to cut down or would want to cut down to 145 one more time. So, Luke, if Pitbull is offered and says, no, I don't want the trilogy because I'm going down to, down to Bantamweight, is there any reason to allow AJ to fight for the featherweight title again before he would then slide up to do the lightweight tournament? I don't think so. Like if it was a vacant and you make a fun matchup? and You could do it. It's certainly a thing that's on the table. I think that's a card you can play. If I'm Bellator, I don't play that card. I, I go in the other direction completely. Now you've made the move. I think all roads lead, and I do mean this, I think all roads lead to Usman Nurmagomedov versus AJ McKee. I think that's oh, where we're headed, wow. and that is just fantastic. I don't care if that could take place in UFC, in LFA, in one, in any organization. Bodog. That is Bodog fights. Yeah, you, right. Barge fighting championship. Shouts to John Snowden. Uh, you could do that anywhere, and it's first-class MMA. Uh, so that's where I think they should put their energy. Just It's full like steam caviar, Luke. It's like dressed-up snails. Have you ever had caviar? Hell no. I'm not, I'm not cultured. I bet you you have had it in multiple countries. I bet you. I had No, just one. Just one. Uh, I don't really like it that much. It's not that great. Yeah, cause I do like roe, salmon roe. What is, what is that? It's just some dead gross fish? Yeah, yes, dead gross fish. Yeah. Yes, it's <laughs> exactly go. correct. It's Thank exactly you. what it is. Luke, if you knew the amount of times I've I've been presented with the chance to pick a meal in the first 41 years of my life and how many times I chose violence and went right after the hot dog. Luke, I mean, just <laughs> like, you know, do not pass go, go directly to the dog, you know? I mean... God bless you, BC. Yeah, well, let's see if I can last on this earth because of that. All right, let's go to point number four. And the reason why I made this one separate than the AJ McKee one is just because it was... Well, if I had to ask you, what was the most insane MMA thing that happened over the weekend? There's only one choice. Aaron Pico's shoulder dislocating off of a punch was not by itself the most shocking thing. I've seen shoulders dislocate in combat sports a million different times for a million different reasons. I've even seen him pop back in. What I had not seen before was when he goes back to his corner after losing the first round against Jeremy Kennedy, and then his coach is <laughs> frantically <laughs> yanking on his arm. Surely this isn't have you seen this shit, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, of course. Luke, that is— Now, hold on. Before we talk about bizarre. that— do you have any takeaway about the fight? It's a, there's just well, really not a whole lot to say in either direction. Yes. It, it, is it should it be a loss? Yes, but is it a real loss? No, it's not. And I did, you know, put out a whatever tweet of a sort of the idea of this. There is moral victories to be pulled from here from Pico for the toughness he showed. And people tweeting back at me, you know, did you get paid for that moral W? You get the overall point here. People make a lot. He of showed absurd Twitter. levels of commitment to wanting to stay in this fight, almost unsafe, almost reckless levels. So. Does he have to show that? No. 
But does that remind me who he is in that he's still very, it's very much in play that he lives up to the hype in the long run to go, you know, a different journey to get there. But I mean, Luke, he's still coming the hell on as long as he doesn't have any lingering injury from here. And I have to stand and salute. Would you disagree? You have to stand and salute at that. I mean, he was basically Dude, have trying, you ever, have you ever, as he was yeah. pinned against the, the cage, in the middle of the round, he's trying to yank his shoulder back in. And he's standing there like this, Luke, like, no, ref, it's fine, Doc. It's it's cool. I can totally fight like this. Yes, no problem at all. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like right? losing an eye. It's like, I got another eye. Like, I don't need this first eye. Um, have you ever dislocated your shoulder? No. Dude, I can't even, if you've, you've never dislocated your shoulder, it's hard to explain. My brother, one time I had to take him to the ER because I visited him when he was at UVA living in the dorms and he was wrestling with his, you know, college roommates or whatever and his shoulder dislocated. I'd take him to the ER. So I was there when they had to roll it back oh. in, screaming bloody fucking murder. Yo, so yo, our camera guy, Drew, he, he knows that. You've dislocated? Okay, scale of one to ten, how painful? Worse than yeah. childbirth, Dude, it's says. it's hard to explain. The pain is so... Is Worse it, than the second needle of the three-needle vasectomy uh, anesthesia? Probably, because here's the thing. I had it when I tore my labrum, and mine was falling out of my shoulder in my sleep. Uh, and I would wake up with the, the shoulder falling out. Dude, it's like the pain is... Tell me if I'm wrong. It's it's so shocking, it's hard to process. And it's, it feels like you're being electrocuted because you can't even deal with the shockwave of pain. Oh, this it's like when, when you get a filling too close to the nerve and suddenly like yes, you're just, you but can't. expand that to your shoulder, which is a giant joint. This guy was out there trying to be like, oh, I can fucking fight like this. I'm like, dude. Dude, that, all, he's like can, a soldier out there. Like that's. I, I can't, I can't even explain to you. That's like a guy. Have you ever seen those uh, Buddhist monks to like protest in the yeah. Chinese government? They would set themselves on fire and then just not move. But wasn't it's his like purpose because he figured. One takedown could pop it back in. Wasn't that his goal? So we've seen it before. There was one recently in UFC car where it kind of popped out, and then when they got when they moved around, it kind of rolled back in. It is possible to roll it back in under the right circumstances. How did you get yours back in? Uh, ER. ER rolled. ER. They rolled it yeah. back in. Yeah. So it can happen under the right circumstances. It can happen. So you they you think you think this guy um, was bawling? Because I would be right. I would be instantly. I would just. Were nod. you crying? No, I didn't. I, twice. I didn't. Oh, that guy. Did you scream though? Yeah. 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 Dude, it's. It's 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 just it's the it's the worst pain I've ever experienced by a million miles. It's shocking pain. Yeah. All right. So for him to do that, I cannot. That's one of the most man toughest shit things like in all my life I've ever seen. I've never. But I, I think it, it had to be as crazy as it is. It had to be to the idea of oh, I'll just take care of this the next round in the fight, right? But just seriously. His willingness, the second half of that first round was just ridiculous to stay in like that and figuring he could do it himself or try to do it himself. Luke, what what bonus, what is that? What do you do with that magic? As long as he's not hurt from it, what do you do with that spirit? Because you got to plug that in because, I mean, this guy's going to win a world championship. Luke. Well, this is my point. It's like, I don't, okay, this was a, in one sense, it's no big deal because he got, he, he first of all, he rocked Jeremy Kennedy with a punch. Now, I did see Scott Coker being like, Pico was on his way to winning. I don't know by what basis he's making no. that judgment. I mean, yes, the odds were heavily in his favor, but there's not any, there's not nearly enough information to conclude that. And we do always overlook Jeremy Kennedy, according to Jeremy Kennedy, and we might be, he might be right. Well, Jeremy Kennedy did what he was supposed to. Yeah. I mean, he did exactly what he was supposed to. So, um, but you can't make a determination one way or the other. Is my point. So you could run it back, but this is the thing, dude. They were yanking on that arm so hard. I hope there's no extra damage. We haven't heard anything, so I'm really hoping that's not the case. More to the point, it's like, dude, the MMA gods, you thought they were smiling. 
on Aaron Pico when he was in Bellator NYC and that big debut. And since then, it's been a rough fucking run it's for been, him. It's chaotic. How yeah. much does this set him back? Assuming there's no real long-term repercussions, is it that big a okay, deal? Or? As long as there's no injury repercussions, because that's a different category. That becomes a problem. That becomes, a you know, where you're constantly not getting him at 100% or at all. Separate from that, as much as I as I am sitting here and praising the the balls, the dogged, ridiculous toughness, you do have to wonder if his uh, if if he's unable to manage that that superpower. If does that lead him into dangerous situations in big fights and just reactivating that run he was on? That you know, if you could tag him. He's just gonna go, like is he Cody Gar? Is are we heading into like a Cody Garbrandt type thing where he could still be the right guy on the right night anytime, but you don't want to see him get to a point where he's he's his own problem in the biggest moments, you know? Right. I mean, again, this is a freak accident. You don't want to read too much into it one way or the other. But I saw people a sleeping on Jeremy Kennedy a little bit. Yeah. That's the first thing I saw. The second thing I saw was like. Dude, they were like, oh, well, he's just going to run over this guy. This was his toughest fight by a million miles in three years since his last loss in the in the cage. The, the six fights he had previous to this were against guys that he should never have lost to. Now, he should still probably be favored to beat Jeremy Kennedy. I think I would still favor that, although I do think Jeremy Kennedy is a lot better than he was getting credit. But this idea that it was just automatically going to be bestowed upon him by virtue of the odds being all crazy. I don't know. You need to pass that test. The idea was he had a reformation project. He went back to Jackson Wink. He took six fights that were very manageable, which I have no issue with. I thought his team did everything the right way there. And he came out with a lot of verve and that he had some good power. But until you pass that test against a veteran guy like Jeremy Kennedy, we actually don't know if the reformation project worked. Now, the injury is not his fault. It's just, you know, it's kind of a freak thing or whatever. But I, I want to be clear. Has the reformation project worked for Aaron Pico? We still don't know. We still don't know. That's Am I answer. panicking, though? No, because— No, I'm not panicking. He looked good for as long as it— you know, I mean, the, the, it's just you feel bad for him because this is, like, disastrous timing. He would have been fighting Pitbull next for the title, correct? Correct. I mean, I mean if he had one. If he had one. Which, by the way, would have been a—that's a tough fight for Aaron Pico. Dude, that would have been a great fight to get excited about, to start to look at, like, what the hell is this going to look like? I mean, Pico would have been a—what do, what do you think he would have been an underdog? A plus 250? Plus three? Yeah, around that, around that, around that. It's a tough fight. It's a tough fight. But the thing is, he could have wrestled him. And Pitbull does have good defensive wrestling. It's not the best part of his game. So that's why it makes it a little bit interesting. So I don't know. I don't know if they're good. You think, again, I think, I, I said this before, I think Pitbull should just go to 135 and then forget everything at 145. We'll have to see if, if they're going to do that. Yeah. But. I mean, you can't get a title shot off of a TKO injury loss. You can't do that. Can you? I mean, you can do whatever you want. Like, t technically, he's got a six-fight win streak. I mean, Aldo did get that title shot off that Marais loss. That was a little dicey. Uh, BC, a last question on this. Anyone else at Bellator 286 stand out to you? Yeah, Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta looked great. Look, at 35, you weren't sure. Are we gonna Is this the beginning of the end for Archuleta after two elite losses? But both were title fights in both against very good competition. What he did against a guy who's tough as nails in Enrique Barzola was, I thought, added more to his striking game. The footwork patterns, the elusiveness. Luke, he's a 
He's an aggressive guy who is in your face, high motor. He'll take you down if that's the best option, but he's really just swarming you and overwhelming you. I thought he was more calculated in terms of trying to make the most of his power shots, but also not being there to get hit on the other side as much as we're used to seeing him. I mean, he had two, I think, stoppage losses in a row. Correct me if I'm wrong. 35 years of age. I don't know. One of them was the decision loss to Pettis. Okay, so then the other one was the stoppage loss. But here's my point. Like, two losses in a row, one of them via stoppage, 35 years of age at bantamweight. You know, that's not that's not young. What, what stood out to me was not just that he executed. Dude, he took the fight to Barzola. Like, he was standing in the pot. Usually what he does is he usually he likes to hit and go. He doesn't stand around too long. Here he was, not just standing flat-footed, I don't mean that, but creating a dynamic pocket presence in a way that he hadn't previously he looked great. One, the way he would exit out of out of out of two times, like he he wasn't standing. He was, straight he was for pivoting long. And, and jabbing at angles. Beautiful. Like he, Barzola was game, but he was overmatched. Yeah. He was overmatched, and uh, I wasn't sure what we were gonna, what kind of version of Archuleta we were going to get. A great one's what we got. He might get a big fight in some in some regard. I mean, he's he he. Basically so your question wants- about Pitbull, if he goes to one thirty five, is a good one because this was a very rede- redeeming performance for him. And that's the type of guy Pitbull would have to beat to win it. You know, to be at the title level, so that'd be the perfect entry. If not, he thinks he should get Pettis on the comeback in a rematch. That's what I think too. Uh, also, got to give a shout out. We'll talk more about this on extra credit. No, you How think about- Archuleta should get it? No, 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 no. Sorry, I, I thought you meant Pitbull. But no, yes. I'm talking about Juan Archuleta. Do you think the Spaniard could could? Get a title shot off of this. No, because the tournament, the winner. Because right, the tournament, yeah, yeah, he's too far behind it that way. Um, how about JJ Wilson, New Zealand's own? By the way, King Mo trained, so he got taken down <laughs> repeatedly by Vladimir Tokov, and Tokov kind of kept him down for the entire fight. But JJ Wilson throwing up attacks from guard relentlessly, ground and pound from his back relentlessly. He's wild. And I wasn't, yeah, but I wasn't sure how the judges were going to go for it. Some of the subs were very close. Some of the reversals were great. But in general, Tokov was more or less able to control top position. But the dynamic offense was from J.J. Wilson. But, you know, when someone's attacking off their back, even if they're, like, better, you just don't know if the judges are going to reward that. They did. They, were, they did. They, did they reward the flashy or did they reward no, the effective he had, aggression? I thought, he did, I thought he did the most effective work. I really, really I agree did. with you. I agree with you. And so, uh, by the way, shots to King Mo. He, I've seen him do this a few times. He did it with Johnny Eblen. And now he did it with J.J. Wilson. When one of his guys wins and they're like, you know, too tired or just kind of accepting the moment, he forces them. He's like, get in that camera. Tell the world who you are. Let them know. He's so a great hype. to King Mo for that. Yeah, King Mo's the best. Yeah. So that's what I would say. But there's a lot of good performances on the card. Okay, last but not least, BC, this was the card on Friday for our top five points. Now, it was a lot of names that a lot of even, I think, hardcore fans might not know. Um, but I will say that they've had two events, one, on Prime, Amazon Prime Video. This was one on Amazon Prime 2. We'll talk about the larger card and the larger read in just a second. I thought it went extremely well for one. Let's talk about that main event, the trilogy. And if I mispronounce her name, please forgive me. Shang Jingnan taking on Angela Lee for the third time. Uh, Shang wins. She wins. I thought... It was close. So they, they they judged the whole fight. She got a unanimous decision. They judged the fight as a whole versus round by round. And they also have, by the way, in one, it's a little bit different. Aggression doesn't count as much as it does in the 10-point must system. Also, you do get points, metaphorically speaking, for, like, defending a takedown in one, whereas in the 10-point must system, defense is its own reward. Okay, how did you score it? And here's my question. I think that 
Chong versus Lee, the three fights, deserves to be considered among one of MMA's better trilogies. True or false? Even though I'm new to this trilogy, I'd have to say this is true. This third fight, was it the best of the trilogy? I mean, they're all kind of... The, the second one is probably the best because of the late finish, but this is I mean, they both had one. late fifth-round finishes, and then this one, what's, how'd I score it? You could have scored it either way. Did I prefer Zhang in the end? A little bit more, but I think Angela Lee in the post-fight interview kind of laid out because of the, her steady, constant aggression and the fact that she was the one putting the threats of the takedown and really trying to force the clinch, you, it, I would have no problem with her winning just the same. But they both showed out. I mean, this was a hard, gritty fight. The only thing that, old, that really separated them in big moments, because this is kind of how you're judging it and scoring it, was that first round when uh, Lee got knocked down twice and kind of got handled a little bit. But she responded so great to that, and despite the damage on her face, They've been warriors throughout these 15, not full rounds, but all three had gone at least gone into the fifth round that I don't feel like they're done. And I don't feel like they no, should be done they because they're do perfect dance partners. And the, and the cool part about it is each has won when defending their own division's title. Adam, Adam Waite for Lee and Strawweight uh, for Zhang. Uh, but I wanted to ask you in regard to scoring it as a whole, you just identified the, the different variants in, in the scoring, you know, criteria, but at the same time, it's a different mindset when you're judging it whole. How do you personally come, like in the, using this fight as an example, come to the conclusion that Zhang was the rightful winner? So Lee rallied big time in this fight. She got dropped hard in the first round. In fact, she almost got finished in the first. I was a little bit surprised she hung on. And we even called it on Friday. We even said... It's kind of striker versus grappler, although yeah. that's not quite true because of the rallying and then in the clinch work, I thought that was really pretty good from Angela Lee. There wasn't nearly as much, you know, threatening groundwork in this one as there was in, the, say, the second one, for example. For me, the power punching and the demonstrative effect that it had on Lee just weighed more heavily in my mind. Yeah. And I think that's what, I, again, hard to know because we didn't hear from the judges. I think that's what they went for, but I gotta say, dude, Lee got dropped in that first round. That was, if that wasn't a, that was a, if that wasn't a 10-point must system, that could have been a potential 10-8. I mean, it was bad. And then Lee kind of steadily, you know, rallying the center parts shit. of that pipe, pressing her up against the fence. Some of her known deficiencies played a role immediately. We knew she was hittable. You saw that in the first round. But then she was kind of able to get the fight along the fence line and kind of keep it in close quarters, and it was a much more manageable battle there. But then I thought Chong had a bit of a, not a late fight rally, that fifth round was a little bit up in the air too, but just kind of rescued any potential um, major rally from taking place by Lee. But either way, these two are well suited for each other. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, Later on, the I don't know what his official title is, Emperor at uh, at one or you know Godlike Creature or whatever his name is. You talking about Chachi? Chachi? I don't know what his, oh, I, I don't, the head of the Apprentice won championship. I don't know edition? what his official title is. President, executive CEO, producer of an award winning TV whatever. show. The yeah. guy who runs it essentially is the head promoter there. He argued that he thought Lee had won. Now Lee's kind of like a favored fighter within the promotion, at least that's the perception. There's a video later on of Shang uh, Jingnan talking about it, getting fucking pissed. Yo, she's a bad... Dude, dude, her face, when Chatri put the belt on her and she gets right in the camera, you know what it reminded me of? I think it was, it was like the second, maybe it was the second JDS fight with Kang, or uh, Kang Velasquez, where JDS goes to the middle and then does that bit where he drops his hand like a sword, and then Kane got right in his fucking face and went like this. Yeah. Dude, I got the chills when that <laughs> happened. 
Um, do you know the aura I get from Jung? It's almost like half John Lineker, half Jessica Andrade. It's like a little bit. It's like she's a tank. I mean, she is. And who's the, so I'm trying to figure out the weight. So she's the naturally bigger fighter, Jung, yes. right? In terms yes. of the weight class. Yes, this was this was them. Lee trying to capture a second weight class title. Yes, her power shots in the end. I guess would be the reason why if I had to choose, I would have chosen her. But I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not critical, but I, I, I want to know more about how, what the differences are in trying to score as a whole. Because is it always going to be where whoever has, if it's close enough, whoever had the bigger moment? Because nobody ended up having a bigger moment than those two knockdowns from Zhang in the second half of that first round. So do the judges look at it maybe sometimes to a fault more like that? Or are you still taking one's totality against the other and weighing it out. Again, because there's a lack of transparency in terms of, and by the way, I don't mean like, uh, you know, like there, there's something nefarious. I just mean we don't hear from the judges, so it's hard to say exactly what they see and under what circumstance they make their broader judgments. I tend to think that that is a risk of that system. I can't remember the name of the fighters. It was a while ago, but I did see one where a guy got dropped in the first and then ultimately won it. In fact, um, that one I was telling you about, Pet Morricot taking on the uh, the Frenchman, and that well, that's different because that's Muay Thai. But um, yeah, that's different because they they do judge it by a five round system there, and and uh, and they they have they have scorecards. Um, Nevertheless, I have seen it circumstances where it has happened. Yeah. I do think it's a risk where if someone just has a dynamic moment early, it just clouds your judgment for the duration of the bout unless they do something else equally or even more dynamic. Hard to say. I do think in general you get better decisions with their system than you do the 10-point must system. Although, funnily enough, Angela Lee, after the fight, being like, well, I like our system, but I think there should be some adjustments made in, like, closer to the 10-point must system. And I'm like, please, right. fuck no. I liked, I thought the announced trio improved and their chemistry got a lot better this got time around. Better this time. Um, and I thought what they do, maybe, I don't know if one's been doing this forever, but I just sort of finally noticed it, putting the championship belt right behind the cage. Like, I don't know how smart their cage is at the end of the day. Could it could, could it tell me my working heart rate just by me standing in it? Does or, it call Uber Eats? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you what it does. Do you have in that championship belt right there? Not only for the, does it double down on like the romanticism of the stakes? You have to believe for the fighters, especially if you're like, you know, somebody's got you in a rear naked from behind, but you can visibly see what you're fighting for right there. It's kind of cool. That far, yo. And they've got it in that Toomey, like, suitcase. Yeah, they should have, shouldn't there be, like, dry ice behind there with, like, some smoke coming up? Do you have any, I've said this before, do you have any Toomey luggage? No. It's nice, but it's, like, comically overpriced. Like, I went to go get one, and it was, like... Like an $80 was, haircut of, of luggage? No, worse, worse. I went to one, and it was, like, a one of those standard roller bags... Not big enough where you, or so not small enough where you could take on a plane, but not gigantic, right? Just big enough where you had to check it. And it was like $600. I'm like, I'm not fucking buying this. And then I got one at Target, which I'm sure is not nearly as nice, but it was 60 And I'm like, I'm going to get the cheap one at Target. Yeah. Toomey's nice, overpriced. overpriced I, mean, shit. I mean, do you think that Target is like demonstrably nicer than Kohl's, Luke? Or do you think they're just both, you know, like Walmart pluses in the end? I think Target is a little bit nicer. Yeah, but it's still a little bit dub T just kind of crawling around the, the edges. You know what I mean? Like, right? right. <laughs> it's a little bit dub T at times, but I do think, I'll say this much, like the Target brand clothes are a little bit nicer than like the generic shit that Walmart sells. I feel like that's a little bit true. Okay. I could be wrong, but. Is there any other feeling in retail shopping like walking into like an Ocean State job lot and it's just like that grime comes over you? But like you're like, should I welcome this evil spirit or should I push it away? I don't know. Bro, know? I used to shop at Burlington Coat Factory back oh, in the day. That's, yeah, that had a. I mean, you, yeah. you're lucky if you don't come home with like a bed bug infestation yeah, yeah, off the shelf. It's that like Eblin. Do you ever actually go there? Not yeah. Johnny Eblin. Eblin's? I don't know if we had that. Eblin Len or at it again? Saving uh, your money at Eblin's? All right, I guess. Uh, uh, last thing on this. <clears throat> 
So there was a much more that happened on the card. We don't have a lot of time to get to it, but what would what would be the grade you would give one through two events on Prime Video? Now, here's what I'm saying. I don't have any clue what numbers they're pulling, and I'm guessing nothing significant, although there was a one ad that I think Al Michaels stumbled through like a motherfucker trying to read on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Nevertheless, they did have a little bit of promotion there. cage fighting? <laughs> Dude, he's like he's like Super Bond versus you know Rod. He can't, he can't do it. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, absent whatever they're pulling, which really is the only determinant of whether they will continue. Just in terms of quality, I have been extremely impressed. They have had really good B plus events. B plus, I would say A minus. I think you're being okay. a hater. Okay. Well, I mean, could this be more obtrusive? I, I mean, I was going to bring thing. it up. I don't know what you're doing right here. Well, I mean, they didn't they didn't fucking plug it to my collar. They could run a, they could run a, a, a bus boy out here or something, and, you know. A bus boy? Or one of these cameramen who are all on their phones. I mean, dude, how's TikTok? <laughs> Big Luke, how's TikTok? <laughs> hey, don't disparage Jake over there though cuz his his latest stock is just the the balls, right? I mean, it's Answer the question about one on Prime Video. B+. Plus. I thought that's I, I, kind. I, think I thought hating. that's generous. Look, the it, look the has the me, okay. It's 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 been very good. Has it had you like jumping off of you know jumping over a fence to get to it yet? In terms of like what the card on paper is screaming to you collectively over two fight cards? No, Luke. Do I like a lot about the broadcast? Yes. Do I like the more of all the promotions? Does this have does this promotion present the most pure feeling of like Bushido? Classy mar martial arts. No, right? all that is just pomp and circumstance no, bullshit. I, but I think it's real when you're watching it. I think it, they do. If that really? means anything to really? you, if that means anything to you, they have that. They offer that. That okay? to me is the least of it. I think that their commentators sounded better this time. Is that time. like getting Wally sauce on the steak? What is Wally sauce? There's all these sauces little, for steaks with Wally sauce. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't ask for blue cheese dressing, but thank you, sir. Wow. All uh, right. What I was going to say was, I think that the cards have looked excellent. I think the quality has been very high. They've gotten a little, you know, listen, any kind of promotion with any kind of show, UFC, Bellator, one, doesn't matter. Part of it is engineering and part of it is luck. And they've had some good luck in the way in which things have played out. But do are they putting their best foot forward by and large with these one on prime video cards and then the luck is adding to it? I I give them a high grade. I think Dude, these, B these have plus been a, is really high. You, no, you know, I think these have been, I think these have been A minus cards. And you know me, like I don't But buy, I have a different grading expectation. I mean, you, I need more whites the, on my card. You were in the math club, Luke, okay? You know what I mean? I need I th more whites. They're doing just fine, Luke. Hey, uh in in the Singapore nightlife, does Brent Stover clean up after those cards? Cuz you know he's a country singer. Do you ever see him, Luke? I've never seen Oh, you don't country. follow him on Instagram? No, no, oh, no. Oh, he's like a successful touring country singer. For real? Yeah, hot stove. That's what I call him, you know? Do you think that hot stove is heating up Singapore? Just just slinging that D. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That went too far. That just, I, I, well, I just said defense. Yeah. He's learning defense the, out the there. The D chord, yes. On the uh, D. I'll just say this lastly. I think that it's been, you know, home run. It's hard to know without the numbers. But in terms of, like, what they could reasonably do on their end to put out a dynamic product, it's been... It's been a home run for them, and uh, I don't say that quite lightly. All right, that's it for our top five. We'll get to more of this stuff. By the way, there was another guy, uh, several people on the card. We'll talk about extra credit, but for today's— There's, Oh, McLovin, that dude? McLovin? The, the dude with the glasses. Oh, Mikey Musumeci? Yeah. Nah, his match kind of sucked. Right. wasn't that great. I mean, might he be, tried, but— We might be hearing from him. So. He called out uh, very respectfully Demetrius Johnson, who wants a match with him, and I'm like, Mikey, Mikey, what are you doing, buddy? Hey, Mikey's back from Amsterdam, our producer. 
Yeah, he, CBS Sports. I think he fried a few brain cells oh, when he was over there, though. You can't say that kind of stuff publicly. Come I on. mean, just drooling. You can't. Um, <laughs> I mean, we expect it. You know, we, we expect that to be true. All right, it's time for DMs from Donks. Let's get to it. Hee-haw. All right, hee-haw. All right, so we put up a post on Instagram. You guys fill it up. The producers pick questions, and then we answer them on Monday's show. From uh, Russ E.K., the human... Should Dern seek out a new coach uh, whose strength is wrestling? Seems like a missing part of her game. The problem is she has Jason Perilla, who is a proven coach. I'm not seeing a ton of improvement in her striking either. I don't know that it, like, that's the issue. So rather than try to make her completely well-rounded across the board, and it just may not be who she's going to be in the end, the spirit of this question was should the new focus, whether that would come through a a new coach, the addition of a coach to the staff, or just a change in mindset to become an offensive wrestler is could that mitigate what she's missing in her game for not having consistent offense? Sometimes that jab is there and that right hand follows it, but it's not consistent enough. It's sloppy. Would the offensive wrestling threat replace that effectively? Is that the lean that she should go to get to the title the quickest, Luke? I think you could go. We said this on Friday. I think you could go either of those routes, but you need to go one of them. You yeah. need to go one of them. Because here's the other part, too. If she could punch her way into the clinch, that would be huge, right? Demi and Maya, it wasn't like he had a bat chin. He could take a beating, too. But her composure under fire is remarkably good. But, you, you know, you, you shouldn't have to lean on it as much as she does. She, and that's the other part, too. It's not going to last forever. That's going to go away over time. You can still win a championship with that if the matchmaking is right. It's hard to win a, it's hard to win a championship with a skill set this limited. It You're just right. is, dude. You're right. It just you get is. Brock Lesnar feels in some small regard with yeah, that. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar had like submissions, which he got on Shane Carwin. He had very good ground and pound, and he had a physical hulking presence over those the other heavyweights that, like, dude, he when he fought Couture, like, God bless Couture for fighting that gorilla. But, dude, there was a massive, yo, that massive right hand, gap. that right cross that finished him, that was pretty legit, right? I mean, it was short. Him, sat him down, you mean? Yeah, yeah. like that. It was short, but it was it was on the money, Luke. I don't think he has to move very much to land with authority, you know? Uh, but I think once we, you hit him, the fight I, changes. I think our next one is Grant's Pictures. That sounds like a thrilling account. Um, <laughs> who has a better chance against Volk, AJ McKee or Pitbull? Pitbull does. Right? What about, okay, what about okay. McKee's ability to jump submission? Here's the okay, thing. If like, Ortega can't do it. Pitbull can, can match you in every category. But are there enough categories where he's as good or potentially better than Volk to be more of a threat that if the right fight happened at the right time and the stakes went his way, McKee can, can go to, to second levels that are just ridiculous in terms of snatching up a submission or creatively finding striking opportunities? I'm not trying to say he doesn't have blemishes or, or vulnerabilities. He, he does, but I, I still think he's on the right trajectory coming off of that spike fight. Um, yeah, I'm... I, the smarter pick is Pitbull, but I don't think you're wrong in saying McKee if you're gonna if you're gonna lean that way, Luke. You don't like to go that way though. This is I'll, not a Luke. I'll pick just I'll just say this: I think Volk beats either of them. Yeah, that, I don't think that's what we're trying to debate. Right. So who has a who better has the better chance? shot? <sighs> okay, AJ McKee is a more dynamic athlete. I think that's real. Probably more well-rounded in areas where he could pair that. But the power punching of Pitbull is, to me, a difference maker. Yeah. And, you know, and he'll sub you out, dude. He can sub you out. He's got good guillotine. And um, 
Volk's been hit a lot. Not, not, he doesn't take a lot of damage, but he has been dropped several times. And so, you, you know, again, I'm, to be clear, I'm picking Volk. To, to, I think he's the best 145er on Earth, irrespective of organization. But Dude, Volk had big balls against Ortega. True or false? Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we give him enough man respect. I was going to say he has big balls against all of his opponents, but then it just gets weird, you know, when you say that, so... I mean, like, we will never, you know, he, he, he could be a pound-for-pound king. I mean, he's freaking He is, he is the pound-for-pound king. He's freaking great. Uh, yeah, he's the best fighter in the sport, period. But what I also said is true, Luke. He had to use his balls against Ortega and, and his backbone, and we found out that it was, I mean, it was Dude, fairly he, large. Even the know? cameraman's like, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> 12, 12 p.m. Fairly good-sized in the end, we found out. Luke. Uh, right. From Telvin Kipapa. Oh, that guy's from Hawaii. Put yes. some respect on that Hawaii. state. 5-0, bitch. If you guys had a chance to buy out a, a, a hero, a event, an event, bar, restaurant, et cetera, to yourself, what place would it be? That's a great question. So it's, what do you mean? To do a live show? No, no, no. Like, if you, let's say you had stupid money, right? Just limitless money, and you wanted to rent something out for whatever occasion. Like, Is there, like, a venue that you'd like, man, I'd fucking love to rent that place out? Taco Bell downstairs that just opened <laughs> If it had the cantina option on the back, yeah, that's uh, probably it, Luke. There's no iconic, like, Webster Hall in New York City or something like that. To, to perform this show, or is he no, talking I, about I, in some mental... He doesn't, he doesn't say, but I, I'm, I'm a, like, whatever reason, a birthday party. Again, we're, we're living in a world where you have unlimited money. Yeah, but it's a different connotation if I'm the rock star and I'm playing, like, you know... Okay, so let's say for an MK show, you could rent out any venue and assume you could fill it. For a live MK show, that's that's a brilliant idea. Should I go like old school New York City iconic places, Luke? I'll do. I'll, mine's very easy. Um, Ford Theater. Ford. That's not the dude. You don't understand the. I know you think you <laughs> understand these. The history happened there, dude. dude this, Big time no, history. No, no one gives a fuck about it. Nine Thirty Club. Nine Thirty Club. It's an iconic. It's one of the most iconic clubs in the entire city. And people have rented it out, by the way. I think we could actually do it. I don't think... Do I got it. Apollo Theater. <laughs> All right, Dude, could, they like... would get the hook on your ass immediately. That clown would come out with the big ass hook. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And take you off. 930 Club is my answer. 930 okay. Club. Okay. Uh, shouts to everyone at 930 Club, who now put on music that I no longer recognize, but I do love the club. What is it? Was it a little... Uh... So years and years ago, it was like when DC was a punk scene in the 80s, uh, you know, Dave Grohl's talked about the 930 Club extensively, and Henry Rollins has his too. Is it... that like your studio? Studio 54, Luke? It's not, Your C it's, not CD, it's not CD like that. It's a music venue. It's a music venue, and okay. it's an old school one. And, like, anyone who has ever been anyone in the Mid-Atlantic, and especially D.C., has gone through there. But now when I look at their, like, who's on the, the bill to perform, it's always, like, you know, Laureate and the Julies. And I'm like, who the fuck are these bands? Like, I don't even know who the fuck these are. I mean, I'm not supposed to. I'm washed, but I'm just telling you I don't know. Anyway, uh, from Fez Blackman. I don't know what kind of name that is either. Uh, thoughts on the... Oh, this is a good question. Thoughts on the Tua concussion controversy. We MMA fans see guys get concussed and left stiff like that yeah. all the time. And he put in parentheses, and we cheer it. What's the difference? The difference is that he got concussed on Thursday and then played again on fucking... Oh, sorry. He got concussed on Sunday... I know, like, it's a back injury. Get the fuck out of here with that. No, it was not. And then he played again on Thursday. Dude, you can kill a person like that. You can kill a person. That's the difference. What right? do you do if you're him? Do you just... Um, Dude, take some time off. Flip everybody off and just walk away? You see, they fired their uh, independent uh, medical... 
who was it? The neurological staff related to whoever cleared him. They gave him a sketchy job title. They're like yeah. unaffiliated, barely yeah, yeah, hired. Yeah. We don't really know him that well. But ultimately had decision-making power yeah. over this. Anyway, that, that's the difference. The difference is that, and I realize that you can get concussed on Saturday night in the apex if you're a fighter, and you can go back to training on Monday, and they can't actually observe and stop you. But in terms of what the promoters can do to put you in fights, there at least are some limits between what happens in professional action and, just, you know, uh, and in football, they just they just put them right. Dude, they could they um, they could have killed him. They could have killed him. Uh, last but not least, from Tylorians. Now he writes thoughts regarding Zuck renting out the Apex and Dana blatantly lying about. It. Let's be clear about this: we don't actually know if money changed hands. Well, did you see Zuck's Facebook and Twitter posts before I, the like before anyone, the main like, card? Like I'm going to believe a word. Okay, so Zuck says. had a pic. There was a picture of him with Mackenzie Dern and their extended teams, I assume, uh, posing, and he was like, uh, thank you, Dana White, for us. the invite. Yeah, I so, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm what, sorry, I don't what, believe him at all. But this is I what don't. we pitched when that Dana White news happened and he had done that tweet. Is this just him being, like, you know, technical and and, 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 uh, and just saying, well, he didn't actually rent it out. But, Luke, what your best guess, and I know you don't necessarily know, what are they hatching? What are they planning? Because look, it's a it's a big move to be like, yep, for this one time, but it's nothing. Don't don't look too close here. Nothing to see here, but the media is not going to be allowed. That's like almost unprecedented, right? It's yeah, I don't get it. And so it had to be for a big business venture. I don't think it had to be. I think it's like Bohemian Grove bullshit. I think he wanted a private event, and Dana gave it to him. I don't think it's any you don't more think complicated this is than the future? that. I mean, well, certainly there could be. I think Mark Zuckerberg and Meta are full of shit, and I don't think. I mean, people being like, well, look what he said on his Instagram post. What is he under? fucking oath and by the way the, even that doesn't necessarily stop him from t uh, telling falsehoods but the point I'm trying to make is like I don't give a shit what they say publicly none of that is even remotely trustworthy these are not people that deserve your trust based on what they say trust me when I tell you that so who knows what the real thing is but my best guess is that he wanted a private event, and his conditions of showing up were that it was a private event, and Dana granted it. Now, why would he want a private event, and why would Dana grant it? I don't know. Is our issue that Dana just wasn't, like, upfront about this? Like, shouldn't they have told the media it's a one-time special event or whatever, or do they not even need to do that? Because, like, if they don't, the, it's, it, look, let's say, let's say the Patriots or whatever major sports franchise is suddenly, like, under fire, like the Celtics with this coach situation. Right. It's, like, under fire suddenly. Like, Shouldn't should would you expect like more uh, honest answers to questions? And if it was like Bill Belichick in a situation that involved like things like this, where Dana's just like, nah, f it, the media won't come this time. It's fine. Yeah, I it's mean, like a really large very move. Very much. Take, I mean, listen. The Doesn't U that make you feel like this is a potential sale or something that's coming up here? They're coming. I around? don't get those. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? I don't know. I don't get that. We I, need I really believe. I really this. believe it's one rich guy. Doing another rich guy a favor, and it's really not more complicated than that. And then if okay, the media then why has to not eat shit, that's then, the question to you. Then why not just be by the way, upfront? Mark Zuckerberg had a big hand in destroying digital media. Like you think he's shedding any tears over the fact? And by the way, not just digital media, like the entire industry. Dude, he knows your search history. I'm sure he does. Shorthand. I don't give a shit. The point I'm trying to tell you is. Uh, you know, these are not people, and Dana, you know, you've heard what he said about media. These are not people that think that they owe the media anything, which in many ways they don't. But um, they, I just, to them, I, I honestly, I really think it comes down to he wanted a private event and his condition for showing up was that it had to be private. Okay, don't and they, that was that. don't they owe to, to you know, media is probably reaching out to them, the people that are the day-to-day -day news breakers in our game. Doesn't the UFC owe like a public statement about it or no? 
Is it none of our business, even though it there's is this there, zillionaire the standing back there with his wife and a couple friends from work? Like, it's just weird. I mean, it is I, weird. I, yes, there should be more transparency. But the thing is, here's what it comes down to. Like, it's like that, some Jim Jones shit is well, going it's, on. Well, it's like, it's like. I mean, is that harsh? Uh, yeah, Jim Jones. I mean, I mean, yeah. helped usher in mass suicide. Okay, yes, let me so, let me soften the, John Dupont at least, who committed murder. Uh, yeah, that's also okay. Okay, um, and don't even say anyone else who I know I you were going to. I stopped. Yeah, listen, I, people are really just kind of like dramatizing it in the wrong directions. Like oh, this, there's something nefarious. I don't think it's nefarious, uh, not necessarily anyway. A rich guy wanted a favor. Like, I don't, why is that so hard to believe? They do it for each other all the time, and they don't care that, like, it necessarily impacts this group or that group negatively. They're, these are flies, but especially Mark Zuckerberg doesn't give a shit about the Okay, had, had Zuck done an obvious, like, Illuminati signal into the camera as it <laughs> went by him, would that have been okay with you at that point? That would have been funny, actually. <laughs> now, he, he should have done that. Like, he, he should have had, like, a where we go one, we go all QAnon shirt yeah. on or something. <laughs> he really should have just leaned into it, you know? Tito Ortiz would have loved that. How um, long do you think it took him to pick out the outfit? I don't know how robots compute their choices. <laughs> I was just waiting to see him just eating like live puppies. You know, yeah, like no a, disassemble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, again, did he rent it? I don't know if money changed hands. That's where everyone was like, well, we, we, Dana lied. Well, we don't know if there's a financial transaction involved. What, what we know is that his presence related directly to everyone else's absence. So the question is, why was that? And you can make whatever inference you want, but my best guess is he wanted a private event and he got one. That's okay, it. but final comparison to team in real, to team sports and mainstream sports. If this was the St. Louis Cardinals suddenly said, media and fans, that one game on the schedule, it's just private for us. And there was potential. I'm not saying Zuckerberg is notorious. We're making jokes. He's a whatever, okay? He's a he's a giant, Luke. But what, what, let's say it was anybody and they rented the whole stadium and it was just this private thing and the team gave no, like, explanation for it. Wouldn't that be a bigger story? It'd be a huge story. But here's the difference. Like, they own Apex and it's their property. They can do what they want. You'd be like, well, don't they own the ball, the, the the stadiums? Sometimes they do. A lot of times that's public money that goes into it. So it's a little bit different. Also, like, UFC is the... Let, let's just be real about this for just a second. You can call them a monopoly. You can say they're not, but whatever. They're the 800-pound gorilla in the industry. They're the only promotion that I'm aware of that could kick out media and not really worry about it because most of the traffic on MMA sites, on YouTube channels, on Instagram accounts, the vast majority of it comes from UFC content. It is very hard to build a career if you were just talking about one or PFL or Bellator, to be quite candid. Or boxing, to be fair. Or boxing. It would not necessarily be that easy. But if you talk, by the way, that you did the opposite and you did just UFC, you can build an entire career around what it. What percentage of and our they audience know that, and they know that. would prefer that this show was only UFC all the damn time. See, I don't think that. They would definitely want, like, you know, the 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 occasional ADCC, the occasional one, you know. Occasional BKFC here, bullshit. Something like that. But the point I'm trying to make is they know that. They have them by the balls. And the the media just basically has no choice but to go along with it. So I, I people, I think people are overthinking it. It's just rich guys doing each other solids at, at you know, do you want to say at the media's expense? You know, you can make that claim if you want. But that's really what it comes down to. Just be honest about it like this is this is the thing in the end yeah, like, but dana doesn't feel like he owes you anything right or the public i guess i think he owes me a little bit luke well he definitely used your image rights <laughs> to slander the fuck out of you uh in that video okay 
But that is it for our top five. That is it for our uh, questions. And now Don't forget, for we've, we have a special guest coming. Special guest at the end. Okay. And then we have BC's feces right now. All right, let's do it. Here's what I did this weekend for, for everybody. I scoured the globe for the highs and lows, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in combat sports and beyond. I call this work of art. Have you seen this shit? Oh. Ow. Go ahead. All right. Luke, we're going to start UFC fight night in Vegas. Here's what the people want. They want the boss and they want some Zuck. Luke, in the end, they kind of dress the same, right? Look at this zero. So do you think this was Zuck? I enjoy destroying no. digital media. Like, like Zuck has to have a team, right, that puts together his public. So do you think they looked at Dana for inspiration? And we're like, oh, T-shirt and jeans is back. Let's do it. I think everything he does is... In fairness to Zuckerberg, everything he does is overly scrutinized. I think that's probably true. Uh, so he probably just tried to keep it as, you know, basic as possible. Okay. That T-shirt probably cost $10,000. Yeah. and 50 Bangladeshi factories uh, collapsed in order to make it. It's, so. like, they, it's like called soiling green because it's made out of people, Luke. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke, here's Zuckerberg's uh, wife, Priscilla Chan, losing her shit over the action that was breaking out in front of her. Oh, wow. This, you know, yeah. That's that. me every time I'm trying to potty train my daughter. <laughs> I mean, Luke, should we be or allowed Brian to clown Campbell. this billionaire just for having a human reaction Dude, to you a You should fight? be able to clown every billionaire in existence. Okay. They okay. don't deserve your sympathy even a little bit. Uh, Lair Latifi had an interesting post fight uh, promo that he cut. Let's go to it. That bonus tonight. <laughs> And Mark, I know Mark from Facebook is here. You can throw in a bonus too, you know. Help us out. I want that bonus uh, tonight. This, this, this Mark, reference from Alir came from in the same sentence that he revealed he got staph infection two days ago. The joke's on you, Zuck, right? I mean, first of all, the moment Dana heard this was he like, we are not resigning that son of a bitch, right? No, I don't I think mean, he put Mark from Facebook on the spot. They were trying to cover this up, Luke, and Alir brought it back. Yo, Dern he, style. He should, he should have been like meta. Yo, not by the Facebook. way, justice for Mackenzie, right? Hashtag. I saw, I saw you tweet that. Hashtag, right? We don't know if money changed hands, so. They always say Dana's living rent free in our heads. Well, Zuck's living rent free in our fight arena, Luke, okay? All right, thank you. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, lightweight Joaquin Silva had a fantastic finish against one Jesse Ronson. They call this the jumping knee, Luke, and it was brilliant. It set up the. Uh, Look Ooh. at that. Woo. Yeah, that's that's solid work. That was that that's was solid work. Yeah. There was a few bangers that broke out in terms of uh highlight reel finishes on this card, right? Yeah. Oof. That, that's just great. Got him looking down too, right? Saw him at the end there where he was just kind of facing down like that. You're gonna get hit with something coming from the uh from uh, south to north when you do that. So uh, John Anik was electric on this night on the microphone as play-by-play -play announcer, including this... Uh, by the way, hold on. Have you noticed how often there are ads for vaccines on these UFC cards? There's, like, ads for, like, Paxlovid, which is not a vaccine. Oh, yeah, like, this may... But, but then flu shot and stuff. I'm like, well, if you I'm, like, I'm like, listen, pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> this is not your audience. Just let me warn you. People in this audience don't like medicine, you so... Can put the camera on Luke when he's giving like, yeah. humorous rants, please. Right. You know, I can direct the show, too. Dude, they just, they just, there it is. There, there it we is. go. Okay. Uh, Luke, John Anik went out of his way to challenge referee Keith No-Nonsense Peterson. Uh, he was full of a little bit of nonsense this, this weekend. For, for not taking away a point. Let's listen to it. 
me. Or do you pull out your testicles and take a point, right? I mean, <laughs> I was a little shocked when I heard that, right? I tell you what, Randy Brown, you know, he had a good win, and I thought he deserved the win overall, but he had a fence grab in the first round against Masaranduba that was terrible. Yeah. And I, and Keith Peterson just did the old smack your hand away. I was like, ah, Keith, that's a lot of nonsense you're tolerating. You think Dom Cruz was right? He smells like hooch and yeah, cigarettes. And I, like old I, women. I've, al I've always said this. I certainly hope. <laughs> if he does, hit me up. I want to party with you. <laughs> all right. He, he smelled like aggressively horny middle-aged women. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Luke Tabitha Ricci, unfortunately, uh, lost her second straight fight when her opponent pulled out, but she uh, apparently was still looking to take part. She didn't lose the fight. No, she didn't lose the fight, but she was mocking or having fun with the whole idea of the ring card girl. Could she be hired on the spot, Luke? Um, I don't make those calls. I don't know. Okay. You're asking me to comment on her appearance in a very... No, no, the technique and the just the presence. I got to tell presence. you, I have put... Less than zero thought into the technique of that. Good, because you would have been fired if you really Probably. tried, okay? Probably. Dissected, coming at you. All right, uh, let's go to this MK viewer who was Johnny on the spot cleaning out his own closet. This is Ted Hollister, and Luke, he shared a picture of himself sparring. I saw, well, not sparring, he's hitting pads. I'm sorry, Luke, he's he's warming up, all right? Uh, just realized I own the iconic BC Room Service Diaries shorts. Now, Luke, just to remember, I bought those shorts, shorts for my son to play basketball in, he hated it. I cannot believe you tried to outfit your kid in those clothing in like the age that they are. You're just sending them the dude. You might as well just well, know, it turned out perfect. dip your kids in honey and then drop them into a tank oh, full of piranhas. That's, that's not acceptable. They're going to um, get eaten alive. It turned out perfect because it was like too large for him. And he was like, and the, the style's weird, dad. And then, yeah. you know, I took it on and uh, wow. So thanks to Ted Hollister. Did he look like a real fighter there? Luke? Yeah, he does. Dude, I ran into an MK guy uh, in the grocery store. I can't when I, believe it. When I was wearing my uh, Baby Yoda, uh, uh, like, pajama pants, you know, buying pizza, yeah. I mean, you also wore just plain white uh, sweatpants to an RSD, yeah. unironically, so. Meet me on the low, on the D. All right, uh, let's go to Bellator 286 from Long Beach, California. Look at Patricio Pipple in this highlight package. Watch his eyes. Watch his eyes. Defending oh. that, that vicious flying knee the attempt. The timing, the accuracy, everything about that is remarkable. And that and he he got partial. Him. Dude, that is extremely good. Oof. Dude, Pipple's awesome. Yeah, he, I mean, seriously. I, I, you know, I, I just don't know if he gets the respect he deserves, but he is an excellent fighter. We mentioned Spike Carlisle as a uh, must-see TV prevent presenter. He certainly is. But his entrance, wow. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, Luke. Was Bubba the love sponge there? <laughs> <laughs> he was filming uh, Hulk's wife, I think. Uh, yeah, wow, Gawker, indeed, yeah. Uh, did you pop for this? I did. I did, okay? No, I did not. I mean, you know, has Hulk fully recovered from that horribly racist moment, Luke? I don't know if he should. I don't. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask people who know the situation better. Uh, you know, taking Peter Thiel's money to sue Gawker, to me, has always been a little, you know, if not worse, certainly pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, Luke, let's go to... What Spike authored or co-authored here, 15 to 30 seconds of pure magic to open the opening round. Just watch and enjoy this TV-friendly fighting. Thrown, but it's a new weight class, and Spike Carlisle delivering the histrionics already. A fast start as expected, and they are swinging for the fences. Oh, Spike Carlisle's come out and say, I am not going to take anything. And by the way, AJ McKee turned the... Oh, okay. 
Uh, AJ McKee turned the table there. Yeah. Uh, oh, you just he saw Brandon. It very well. All right, let's keep it going here. This was that aforementioned Aaron Pico left shoulder injury that Coach Brandon Gibson was desperately trying to uh, put back in socket to allow him to continue. And wow, I mean, you don't see stuff like this. You just don't. I can't. I can't. I mean, listen. I know that they were desperate, and I know Brandon Gibson's trying to do the right thing in his mind. That can't be best practices medically. No, can't no, be. No, we, that can't that be. Hey, Luke, big week under the radar for one Paulo Costa of Secret Juice fame. Yep, yeah. First, he competed and lost to the Liver King, Patricky Pipple, also on site, and a Bellator MMA and the Schmo represented liver eating contest. Your thoughts on this, Luke? I mean, can you imagine being a fan of the Liver King? <laughs> Do you, know, do you know how low your IQ has to be? Dude, did he betray the smart cage? Oh, you mean the PFL smart cage? Yeah. Yeah, but the PFL smart cage is keeping tabs on <laughs> It's monitoring his every move. Like that Pegasus uh, um, software program. Yeah, thank you, Liver King. Uh, Luke, he also snuck up behind the Liver King. Uh, oh, oh, no, no. You know, you know who the saddest person on earth is? It's actually not Liver King because he's just taking money from these rubes. Not these ones, but like the fans on Instagram. Um, people who actually, if you identify as a primal, I guarantee your parents hate you. I guarantee they hate you. Is that more, like, regal than being an MK donk? <laughs> well, both are equally sad, but uh, one is a little bit more embarrassing. All right. Uh, Costa would sneak up behind the Liver King and put on the rear naked attempt only because Liver King is actually naked above the waist. Uh, All and right. Then, den then denied him. The oh, there we go. And Paulo Costa also... Appeared in a Las Vegas parking lot playing capoeira music with MK's own super fan extraordinaire, Chef Cass. Luke, check it out. What? Did Chef Cass uh, murder him and skin him alive and eat his flesh after this? Or? I mean, they are like the hall notes of the capoeira scene, Luke, right? I can't believe a car just didn't run him over. <laughs> if you saw, if you were in a parking lot and you saw that, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know what? It needs more violins from uh, the Mahavishnu Orchestra, Luke. That's what it. You know. You know what? They need to jam like this for two hours straight, nonstop, and then put that CD out. You'd be the first one buying it. <laughs> and then I'd get in your car and be like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" If it comes with a meal prep plan, I'll be I'll be down for it. It does right? come with a meal prep plan, but you also have to wear weird electronic objects on your person in a very obvious and way you can't talk about them. Yeah, like those ball bulbs. Those ball. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Chef? Kaz? <laughs> uh, thank you, Chef Kaz. Let's go to Mike Perry, who appeared on Russian TV. I think Chef Kaz gave me COVID. I don't. Know. <laughs> was I there when it happened, or was it a, <laughs> at the meet and greet? Thank you. Uh, let's go to Mike Perry. I don't know why he was on Russian TV. I don't know the context, but he flew to. I mean, a lot of Americans flying to Russia these days. I don't know what y'all are doing. Uh, there was a face-off, and it got a little hairy. It started as a joke. Yeah, but these things always escalate. I started a joke. The thing about Mike Perry is he is ready to go. He's always ready to go, Luke. Even if you're an old motherfucker, he will knock you out, Luke. Yeah, see what I mean? Like, these things... Dude, these Russian media events, they're just... 
These Russian media events are like the worst family reunion ever caught on TikTok. You know what I mean? Where the people are just, the family members are like fighting over old grievances. Yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised that it happened, but hopefully Mike got out okay. Ocean's daddy needs to be back on the mainland, all right? Yeah. I, uh, I, if I was him, I'd be like, get the fuck out of Russia, Mike. Let's go to BKFC 30 emanating from Monroe, Louisiana. Ben Rothwell in the Cole main event making his debut needed 19 seconds to splatter Ugh. Bobo O'Bannon. Luke, were you impressed by this? I was, dude. I mean, I you know, he was, listen, Ben Rothwell's had a very distinguished career, and you just don't know what stage they're going to be in when they leave the UFC and whatever, so I was a little bit concerned on that, like, basic consideration. Boy, he went in there and let everybody know the way I like to talk about it. Get, let him know what time Watch it was. Watch an alternate angle of this knockout blow that, uh, it was. It's pretty vicious here, Ben Rothwell. I mean, you, you can only engage 19 seconds against a truck driver, but damn, right? Yeah, there's a big difference between local tough dude and actually internationally tough dude. Hey, this guy follows me on Instagram, though, the Bible, the Bible Belt Brawler. Because you talked about him on Friday? I don't know. Wait, did you, did you do the, what's Jake Paul's girlfriend's name? Uh, Julia Rose. Julia Rose. Did you do the same bit where you followed him first and then he just returned the favor? I think that's how it went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that actually, I mean, that's, you know, you're kind of cheating the system. Well, I'm just trying to get some insight for MK, you know. Oh, okay, all right. There you go. All right. Uh, Luke, Ben Rothwell has been known to cut. Remember that weird promo he cut in UFC where he's like, only politics can stop me, and then USADA actually didn't Ooh, stop uh, him? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that one? He, he had another weird one after this win. Let's go to the audio here. I said I was going to put the heavyweights on notice. But I believe there's actually more questions now. That didn't show it. And I need everyone, if you're a fan, now, to let Dave Feldman know and the BKFC know that you want to see what I can really do and as soon as possible. To every heavyweight out there watching, you need to know you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> so he's he's showing us nothing, Luke. That's what's happening. Okay, nothing yet, at least. Uh, are you are you in on this experience? He knows how to work a microphone. He does fit perfect. I mean, he does fit perfect. Him and John Dotson, I have some high hopes for. And yeah. Mike, Mike Perry obviously has done pretty well too, but uh, Ben Rothwell might be a good fit. If you've got a, a little fit. pro wrestling in you. Not and, enough and to you're, actually you're, like, and you're big and tall. Uh, dude, he was like plus 290 at the weigh-ins. Uh, and you're big and strong. Yeah, you're going to be a handful. In the main event, uh, Lorenzo Hunt won the vacant cruiserweight title via knockout. He cut an interesting program, uh, promo of his own uh, afterwards. Let's listen to it. Two things, three things. The world is flat, God is black, and there will no champ unless I say so. Ladies and gentlemen. What was the last one? Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't really decipher. <laughs> I did hear God is black. Like It was a wild. Yeah, like, the world's not flat. I don't know what color God is, and I couldn't get the last part. All right. Thank you for that <laughs> Luke Thomas-approved breakdown of his, uh, of his the words. The world is definitely not flat. Luke, I heard some disturbing audio this week. I wasn't going to show it to you, but it, you know, it, it cut me. It cut me, right? It cut me. It cut me in the in the in the in the field did, did spot. Did somebody who you stalk on Instagram get married? No, but it hit me in the field spot. It's from your boy Joe Rogan. Okay, let's 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 listen to this. Uh, Connecticut is, is always dumb. You always shit on Connecticut. It's the dumbest place in the country. <laughs> it's not a real state. It's <laughs> a highway between Boston and New York, and it's filled with people that have no hope. <laughs> Holy shit! They have no hope. I mean, that's you know, that's. Um, uh, you know what it's also filled with? Oh, that's fucking an, awesome. An average height of five foot ten and a half. <laughs> I did the math. I checked it. Okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, Connecticut does suck. It's a shitty state. It's a shitty state. If you only think it's a highway between Boston and New York, you've never had a flat tire. Okay. What? 
you've never had a chance to really suck it in, you know? Suck it in, suck it in, suck I've it been, in. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not, you know, shouts to Apathy, the rapper. I love him. Yeah. He, he has, a, By the way, he has an album called King, or a song anyway called King of Connecticut. Um, I mean, he's going to have, Glover Teixeira is not going to take kindly Glover to that. Glover Teixeira is not going to take kindly I to that. I can form a mafia here, the CT mafia. But I got to tell you, Connecticut, you know, where would you rank it in 50 states? What's its power ranking? In terms of toughness? In terms of, like, great place to live. Well, okay, first of all, schools and... Oh, really? You're going to talk to me Connecticut schools? Besides Yale, get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, and you just don't know. Like, like Word. Reg public schools? Are yeah. you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. I don't in any way think that Connecticut has excellent pub public schools. I'm sure that they're, they're okay. I mean, I didn't come from an excellent public school. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> to be clear. For sure. that's to be clear, I grew up in Georgia. I, I went to a shitty high school as well. I, I'm not claiming where I was was great. It but was I awful. was adjacent to these very, very good schools. All right, so schools and uh, you know, average income is is high. Beauty and that's nature. That's what I'm asking. Beauty and nature nice is also live. underrated. It's a very nice place to live, but the taxes are up the up the wad. Yes, yeah. The traffic can be bad, uh, really bad if you're you know not in the How 95 border. How about the border. fentanyl loneliness? That's a big Outside problem, of right? like Willimantic and the quiet east area that, that people All I consider know Rhode is Island. If Hartford yeah. is your capital, your state sucks. Okay, oh. in terms of like like New Haven's a good city. New Haven's got some culture, it's solid. It's got a music scene, art, a little bit of art scene. It's fine. Hey, could Jake make more noise yeah. in the back? <laughs> all the others all the other places suck. I mean we got I've honest. never been to it. I'll say this. I've never been to a nice place in Connecticut. Not once. My friend is from Trumbull. How's Trumbull? Trumbull's nice. It's in an it's in an aggressive area because it's not far from Bridgeport, but it's a it's a good school system, nice house value. Like it's it's upper middle. He's very angry, my friend from Trumbull. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, they also had some badasses. Like they were really good at sports. What would you say is your favorite state in the union? States. And that's tough because every state's got shit. Parts. And I still haven't visited them all. Like I think I would love Washington State, or would I not? Because it rains every day, and then my mental health will go. Yeah, to shit. your mental health will go to shit too. And California's obviously got some nice places, but some terrible ones. Yeah, I, I would probably say California. Once I see all of California, my answer is probably going to be California. Even though you have to, you know, there's different areas. Where's Colorado in that list? It's it's number two. Yeah, I think Colorado. My sister be... lives there. I visited a few times. I love Colorado. I, I could really make it. I could Georgia. Make it there. <laughs> yeah, down. no, but there's not. I mean, I would live in Massachusetts, but I'd live like on like the the west side. Martha's. Vineyard. I lived in the Berkshires. No, I'd, I'd be like, you know, it'd be cool, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't really like the Boston scene. I like Boston's a clean, beautiful, amazing city. But growing up, I was closer to New right, York so than Boston. So let me so. ask you this: Better state, Virginia or Maryland? Virginia. That's, that's, that's the right answer. Yeah, that's the right yeah, answer. Very yeah, good. thank you. But are you now realizing that people from Connecticut are tough as shit, Luke? No, most of them are toothless dirtbags. Uh, you just happen to have a full of them, mouth of them. Of teeth. <sighs> All right. Uh, big week for... <laughs> how about this for a transition? Big week for ass twerking, Luke. Well, that's my kind of week. All right. First, it happened in the middle of uh, of daylight traffic here on the uh, on the ride home. Oh, my God. Why doesn't this ever happen to me? <laughs> how does this never happen to me in traffic? I mean, that is aggressive. Then, Luke, um, have you ever bullshit. heard of Luau Labanta? Hmm? Plays for the NWSL. She had a... Viral celebration. I think this was about three I saw weeks this ago. Was a couple of weeks ago, yes. It happened on the soccer pitch. Let's She's look. like, oh, I got injured. Ah, I, I may or may not have checked out her Instagram following this. Is stuff. it worth it, Luke? Let me work it. Yeah, uh, um, that's it is a, worth it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean that, but uh, then Luke, um, AJ McQueen, AJ McKee started uh, started get up on that ass in the Spike Carlisle fight and showing us a little bit of that same energy. Okay, that's what I was referencing earlier when I made Thank the pornography you. reference. Luke, then it found its way into the UFC apex. No, not Zuck and the misses. This is Paul Felder and Brendan Fitzgerald.
<laughs> you know what? I like Brendan Fitzgerald. I mean, he's a corny white guy like you and me, so yeah, we're the same. Yeah, he is. I like him, too. But he does a good job. No, he is good. He does he a good, good job. I like Brendan. And the twerking went global, went in Singapore this weekend, Luke. One championship. Stamp Fairtex putting it on the celebration dance. She had a nice win, too. She did. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. For that analysis. Staying with one, uh, staying with one here, uh, Rugrug on Thursday morning, uh, he had a different victory dance in the post-fight. Let's check out this beautiful specimen. Umar Kane, is it? Yes, that is my morning warm-up dance as well. He had a solid win this week. Hey, let's see highlights of it. Here is his ground-and-pound win. I don't know what he fought. I couldn't pronounce the guy's name. Gazayev. I have those same shorts, Luke. Okay, get off of him. Jesus. <laughs> there we go. There it is. The sultry tone of Michael Chavello. I got to say, he looked pretty good in this fight. This was on the 161 card that was on Thursday. He looked pretty yes. good. Uh, also on this weekend's one, you mentioned Mikey Musa Meche became the one light flyweight grappling champion, I think. I don't know what title he won, but... Well, here's his interview post-fight call-out that you mentioned. He loves pizza. He's like a ninja turtle. We can make history together, you know. I know me and him could bring the MMA and Jiu-Jitsu fans together, and it would be just a historic, incredible event, and it would be an honor to step on the mat with him. Uh, it's not a call-out, it's just a respectful <laughs> request to roll. <laughs> okay. Do you, I mean, he would tear me limb from limb, but do you know what we call those... <laughs> Do you know what we call Demetrius those? Johnson. Do you know what we call those glasses in the Marine Corps? No. BCGs. You know what that stands for? No. Birth control glasses. Because <laughs> ain't no one fucking you with them things on. Wow. Wow. Uh, Luke, that was um, that was a heartfelt call out. You know. That was very respectful. Yeah, it was very. Would you watch that fight? The a Bushido grappling match? honor. Uh, yeah, sure, but I don't really. Is I mean, that a good lane for DJ? He did the rod, rod here's thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of these like jujitsu versus MMA things, like they're good for getting attention, but they're kind of meaningless for the most part. I mean. Josh Barnett versus Dean Lister and Metamorse was different because Josh Barnett was, I think, well-matched, and he won that contest. That was actually that was actually one of my favorite Josh Barnett wins in all of combat sports. That was a really, really impressive thing. But in general, A-list grappler versus A-list MMA fighter, it's A-list grappler's going to win. It's Mayweather-McGregor all over again? Yeah, it's like it's kind of okay. pointless. That's fair. Pointless. That's fair, Luke. And Demetrius is a good grappler, but Mikey is a world champion. Like, no, it's just, I mean, come on. Yeah, that, I got you right there. Uh, let's go to everyone's favorite game that we play here. It's called Rate That Tat. Curtis Blades Edition. The razor blade, Luke, added an actual razor blade to his left tricep, triceptual area. I, I love Curtis. I don't love this. Um, I don't love it. All right. All right. I love Curtis. <laughs> I like Curtis a lot. Is like it Curtis better or worse than Jose Aldo's? It's better. It's better. It's better. But better or worse than Mr. Hebos? Show it again. Blow it up. I mean, the Hebos one just has a lot more going on, so they're not. It's not a one-to-one -one comparison. And it has Emily Whitmire on his forearm for the rest of his life, Luke. Yeah, it's a little whatever, but um, it's better than that. It's I'm better over than here, Spitfire. The line, like, if you look at the line work on the razor itself, it's not great. Is that a Cobra Kai symbol at the top? I don't know. All right. Don't know. All but right. Listen, here's the point. In defense of Curtis, I say this about everyone's tattoo. This is true about Hebos's dad and everyone else. They didn't get the tattoo for you. They didn't get the tattoo for me. They got it for themselves. And if they're happy with it, you got to just let it be what it is for the most part. That's. Are you speaking to me or Damien or Darren Elkins? Again, 
He didn't get it for you. Okay. He didn't okay. get it for me. Uh, and I like a mini Hebos too, but you know. Well, Luke, some super fans like to get things all over their body to show who they are. Check out this Vikings fan and tell me if this is commendable work or just another. Uh... It's a thin line between art and psychopathy, Luke. Psychopathy, they call it. Would this man eat your flesh? Does he work at the Renaissance Fair? <laughs> Does he work at all? It's good color, right? Did, uh, the coloring is okay. Everything else is kind of a mess. Um, here's what I would say, though, BC. I've said this to you before. Any The one on his stomach or chest is pretty good, actually. Um, anyone who's like a hardcore NFL fan is absolutely a dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> There's I mean, no, I, feel, I feel like that rule there's stands. There's no the other time. way around the dragon, it. The dragon's nicely done. Okay, normally we have you rate the tat. Can you rate the man's tat reaction to almost getting a tat? Here's a very drunk person attempting to... Uh, Never get a tattoo drunk. Let's go Which to the videotape here. I'm pretty sure he... Are you all right, dude? <laughs> is there a leak in the roof? Are you okay? Oh. 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 And I'm too comfortable tattooing you, man. The, he said, I don't feel comfortable tattooing you, man. And the guy's response was, whoa. <laughs> Show that one more time. Show that one more time. We are an award-winning show. We can do this. Hey. Did water break? <laughs> no, he just... Uh, he just lost control, Luke. It happens to the best I gotta of say, us, right? tattoos are painful, but they're not that painful. That's actually me. That's going to be me, Luke, in a few years. That is going to, if, if, if Sean Brady dude, if wins, Sean Brady the, beats if he wins the UFC Muhammad, title, then That's yeah. going to be Brian Campbell pissing on himself. Uh, how about this, Luke? Legends of old meeting potential future legends when Sugar Ray Leonard and Ryan Garcia showed off their hand speed. Does this get you fired up or not at all? So the thing about TikTok is what I've realized is everyone uses the same clips or the same sounds and then makes the same video around it. This is better when it's uh, women twerking. Oh, so uh, the same, like... Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, we'll keep it moving. Uh, best knockout of the week comes from this karate match. What, are we doing spinny shit now? Oh! Good God. That was well-timed. So a nice walk-off, yeah. yeah. Yep, got him, got him. Uh, we're going to skip the big melon bong. Wait, wait, how was that? Was Ace of Spades really playing in the yes. background? Well, no, I think it was dubbed oh, on the video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, we were going to show you a big giant watermelon bong, but the video fell apart. So let's go to Tai Tuivasa. Uh, he was on the field and in the locker room with the two-time NRL champions, the Penrith Panthers. Is that National Rugby League, Luke? Yeah, that's the, I think that's the Aussie one there, obviously. This is Bam Bam in the locker room doing the ch celebration shoey. I'm just so over this shit. Okay, okay. I love I love Ivasa, but I'm so over this shit. Okay. Um, Arlene Buenco had a party at her house for the same game to watch it. Luke. In Australia? I think so, oh. yes. I don't stalk her that closely. I'm, yeah, I'm just, Close enough. Yeah, just... Uh, Close well. enough, dirtbag. Okay. Hey, Luke, how about some feet on a plane? We haven't done that in a while, right? Uh, just, just crap. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Give a fuck. Boom, boom. Dude, I want boom. to make a joke that involves 
something that happened on 9-11. I'm not going to oh, do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I the, you know I'm the Pat Tillman it. was a leap that we tried. You know? I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it, but I'm thinking about that it. That Pat Tillman idea that you cooked up that I actually This person should be, the, the plane should land at the nearest airport and the federal marshal should collect this absolute vagrant piece of shit. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Luke. Uh, Fuck this. When you become. How fucking dare you, you gross animal. Okay, we can go to the next video. Animal. Yeah, let's keep it moving. Uh, Luke, you know the worst part about getting old balls is you, you know. They sag and you can sit on they them? They get saggy and wrinkly. If only we could iron them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pure accident between a, ma a married couple, Luke. That was, uh, wow. Slow reaction, delayed reaction, right? I mean, he's not using those genitals for anything. <laughs> Useful anyway. <laughs> Look, normally we put on gender reveals here because we think they're lame and we hate them, but I found the best, most aggressive gender reveal of all time. You ready? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is they're playing Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. <laughs> all right. Hey, iron sharpening iron time. This is uh, City Kicking Boners colliding as... UFC champions Israel Adesanya and Alexander Volkanovsky. I did see this because, of course, I, I saw this. That's fight porn for you, Luke. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's going to jump triangle here or triangle. Yeah, probably. Is there a wizard involved here? Probably. A wizard is an overhook of an underhook. Yeah, I know exactly what it is, all right? All right, we're done with that. Thank you, guys. Uh we're going to close with this, Luke. You know what football season also means? Ass-eaten season. Okay, Luke? <laughs> it's always ass-eaten season in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Yeah, we start off with the, yes! the Washington Commodores. Is that what they're called? Commanders? Yes, the Commodores. Yeah, yes. yeah. They're named after a bird, yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, ass-eaten season. Would you... This fucker, I guarantee you, this fucker is just a Die-hard commander fan. <laughs> there is a die-hard into that ass. You know what I mean? Just a season ticket holder in that boutique. What else you know are you going to do at fucking FedEx Field? You ain't going to watch any good football. Would you be sure. surprised if I told you the Eagles fans also like this, Luke? No, Eagles fans are uh, reprobates. Or is that a Jets jersey? I haven't figured it out yet. What do we got here? Ass eating season. 69. Oh, did you hear Gaff on the stream? Just yeah, the dulcet tones of Just Gaff. said his, his boy knows this guy. Gaff, is that Your a Jets jersey? Your boy knows this guy? Is he in jail? No, he's not. He's, uh, Gaff, whatever else he is, even Keeled is not one of them. Do you think he's a future Just Bleed guy <laughs> in training right now? I mean, he, he either has committed a felony or is going to commit a felony, All probably right. at uh, a, a ball game. close with this. Have you seen this viral high school football video of a man with a flag that read, I eat ass, running across the field in the middle of a game, Luke? Now, BC, I'm going to guess he's... No, he's not white. <laughs> he beat the odds. He beat the odds. God bless him. Well, he didn't actually beat the odds. He did get to the goal line of this attempt, Luke, but you can't see it well. Let's go to the alternate angle. The person who chased him was Ooh. the coach on the sidelines. If we can go to the there's – the, there's the banner for you. Let's go to the next video. Watch the coach on the sidelines. This is the opposite field view of this. Oh, he's not having that. Not oh, on yo, his. Yo, he we met do him. not eat ass on this field. Son, you only eat ass when I tell you to eat <laughs> ass, and it's my ass you're eating. Well, the first thing I do is make him toss my salad. 
with jelly. Uh, I got to tell you, that was, that was great. I would, I would invite that guy. Remember, if we rented out some venue, I would invite the ass-eating guy to my, uh, my party. <laughs> oh, this could make for a tough transition here, Luke, but uh, that's the shit of the week. <laughs> Hope you saw it. Uh, we had Anyway, we had, let's invite a female staff member onto the set, shall we? Uh, a lot. So many of you guys... We know, Gaff. We can see her right here. So, Thank you, Gaff. So many of you guys have uh, donated, you know, had some thoughts about... $31,000 worth. To Showtime Zone, Morning Combat's fabric, right? A salt of the earth individual. Courtney. Courtney, who, do you have a microphone? Who had a yeah, Haymakers yeah. for Hope yeah. uh, three-round amateur bout to raise money for uh, cancer victims. Yep. And it turned out to be the fight of the night... And it turned out to be a very contentious, disputed it was decision disputed. that I'd like to hear about at at, at length. Why don't you come on, come okay. on, sit here, Courtney? Okay. There she is. Hey, round of applause for Courtney, everybody. Yeah. Hey. Courtney, we have his coffee sponsorship now. What's going oh, on I'm here? sorry. I'll put this All down. Right. I should hey. take oh, it. I was actually hoping we did. I was hoping that would. Be <laughs> Instead, we probably don't. Uh, Court, thank you for yeah. joining us. Um, Happy to be here. I don't want to tell your story for you. Sure. Tell us what happened. I saw some highlights and. It, I don't want to say like I don't want to use terms like Gotti Ward. Oh wow, that's you know high I mean? praise. No, I appreciate that. I, no, I don't want to use those I, it, terms. But, yeah, but it, this I wouldn't. Was, but I wouldn't. Was, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know. So hold on, it was three rounds. Three round, three two, two minute rounds. Okay. Headgear, um, all that stuff. Headgear, USA amateur boxing rules, MGM Music Hall at Fenway. It was amazing. All my family and friends were there, and you guys were tuning in from home. So I very much appreciate that. And yeah, it was tough. Like. Thought I won rounds one and three. I thought, if I'm being honest with myself, I think that she she took the second. Who is she? Can we frame this properly? Um, it's a woman, Julia Dreich, I believe is her name. I She's, fucking hate her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Do you feel this was properly matched? I think it was. I think was, we were no, the most, well I think we were the most, like, evenly matched of the night. There was a little bit of slop on the card, but I think that we were sort of on oh, the... Wow, just, like, not, to, <laughs> not to throw shade or talk any shit, but, I, well, hey, you asked me on here. I'm going to say what I think. But, um, yeah, I think, it was, I think it was a good fight. I thought she won the second round. I thought I took the first. Definitely thought I took the third. How did the judges didn't score go my way. Is it, like, by rounds, or is it just 10, one? 10-9? Is it um, just one winner? I think they, I honestly, I don't know. I didn't get a copy of like the cards, but they. I want receipts. That's what I, I want. I, you right know now. what? Yeah, we should do a little so investigation after of the, the fact. the three judges, see. we had one, one in favor one was, of Courtney. One saw it my way, the other two did not. So unfortunately, oh. split. Now, where did you lost. train for this? I trained at uh, Citadel MMA, which is on Winter Street in Boston, with uh, Eric and Zavi. And check them out if anyone's interested in the Boston area. Um, they're primarily like MMA, Muay Thai. Uh, training, but obviously they're well versed in boxing, and both of them have competed professionally in boxing. So, got the full gamut of mixed martial arts and boxing. Training. So, what did you learn from this experience? Um, besides judging is bullshit. Besides, yeah, never leave it in the hands of the judges, That's right, which, like, obviously, from working at Showtime, cliffhanger, always see it. But to to have that happen in real life was definitely uh, something special. But I mean, I just learned that I not to get all sentimental and sappy, but I work with the best people in the business because you guys were amazing the entire time. It's like four and a half months almost of training. So I don't you think guys... you did anything amazing. I think it was you and Trent. No, no, no. But okay. you guys were so supportive, and it was amazing. Like from like Snyder, Daily, the Julian Showtime Julian Edelman crew. sent you a, a video message. Yeah, like they were awesome. Stack and... five, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you guys. Like all the shout outs on the show, the Malka team. Everyone was watching. Everyone reached out before and after the fight. 
And so, not to get all lame, but still feel like I won just because all right, Court. I get to work with the best people. While I care best. a lot about the message and the yeah. meaning, what I took from what I saw in that fight. What's up? That there's a dog in there with oh, respect, yeah. and that God, you're yeah. not good. You have. I'm gonna guess you have not slept well since this de, de, since this decision. So when I'm talking <laughs> about cliffhangers, yeah. First thing I asked you when I walked in was, "We, we getting a rematch? Are we gonna run this back? I mean, is this like I don't want this woman, right? I don't want this woman to walk around telling people, but you know, she beat me. It's, yeah, it's messed this, up. You know, M MK wins a lot of awards. We want to win this rematch too. I'm not I saying know. you have to pull, bring us into your corner, Coach. We Lepore. don't get press releases though. <laughs> Well, maybe, well, maybe like, we could get one if, can, if there is a rematch. Can this find a second chance, a sequel? You know a what sequel. I mean? You know, I'll, I would have to reach back out to the the Haymakers for Hope team and, and Julia to see if and if anyone would be game or would want to see it. Um, you'd also have to convince my mother, who you guys have met and has visited set before. Tracy was not doing well, Ooh, supposedly, do we during, during, the, uh, during the fight. She was like a ball of nerves and tears. But, oh, yeah, who's, that's Zavi. Uh, so Zavi was the one to my left. And then Lionel is actually one of the fighters at the gym. Um, my coach, Eric, was actually, he coached, coaches Don, who was on the UFC card. Unfortunately, he lost. Don Shane. Yes, yes. Shameless Don Shane. Um, shameless, yes. yeah. So he unfortunately <laughs> lost, too. So it was a tough night at the office for, <laughs> or a tough weekend at the office for the Citadel crew. But Eric couldn't be there, so I had Zavi and Lionel, and they were awesome, and they were great Okay, I saw you know, highlights where she would land a combo and you would get, like, Eric Morales-level pissed off and you'd come right back yeah. with the stiff writing. I Did wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. It was, it was, it's weird. Like, you try not to lose your composure um, and try to, like, you know, work behind the stick, but it's not fun getting punched in the face and I was, I was not pleased. All right. Um, all right. Tried to come back with a little bit more, but fortunately the judges didn't see it that way, but, you know, there's always next. Any of the judges named Adelaide Bird by any chance? I got. I got to check the card. Okay. Sure. Okay, okay. I have heard some things about like there's a couple figures in like the Massachusetts Shady, boxing community that people yeah. are like, oh, you had that. Person. A lot of people like, talking about Whitey Ooh. Bulger, maybe. Being... Whitey didn't come up, but you know, I should have. I should have uh, asked around, see if there's any connections. I'd like to see your fight in the sequel to The Departed. I think it's gonna. It's just to be. You know, should that be I'd be in on. We get Leah. I get. I'd get in on the, on that. Oh, I guess he died in the last one, so we couldn't come back unless. Spoiler they alert! Great movie, him. Luke. I know you don't. From The Departed. Yeah. yeah I love that movie. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it's direct. Marky Mark that we could get. He he was the lone survivor. I think at the end of that one. What do you mean we could get? You, Maybe for the, for the next one. Are you keeping Mark oh, he, Stark off the couch? <laughs> Are you just borrowing other movie titles? To point well, he's in everything. You, like, you can't keep track of the guy, so I don't know, yeah. Well, we're all proud of you. Thank you, guys. I know you didn't get your hand raised, but congratulations just the same. 31K plus for yes. cancer research. Congratulations yes. on that, yes. definitely. And thank you all the MK fans that donated. Some of you that reached out on social. It was very sweet. The yes. fact that you Stop guys were moved. <laughs> you fucking creep. <laughs> that you guys were moved to donate. I really appreciate it. And it was amazing to have you guys support uh, my uh, 25K fundraising goal, which I surpassed by, by a long shot. So thank you all so much. And so sorry for taking up uh, precious air. Oh, time. no, 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 it's these, not precious at all. There's nothing precious gentlemen. about the second half. Was there shows. any singular punch that landed that you felt like, oh, that was such a great shot? Like you could just, that you remembered landing clean? I, I remember in the first round, I thought I landed three really clean jabs that like popped her head back that I was like, fuck yeah. And then in the last round, I I, I landed some nice uh, lead hooks that I was I was especially proud of because I had worked on those a little bit in training. 
There's so. a neighborhood in boxing that we don't always talk about. It's called Queer Street. When you get rocked mm. and you're on, you the reason we don't talk about it. Yeah, and, I don't know. If you know, it's an old term. PC it's got different like, yeah, yeah. And the whole point is, you know, you get into fight or flight mode, and you've got to navigate. Did you, did you did you get into trouble at all? No, I never felt like rocked or in trouble or out of it or that she wobbled me or anything. Did you get like tired? That. Um, definitely. Like at the end of the rounds, like you feel because you're exert like. How many times in your life are you exerting maximum like physical effort right. in such a short period of time? So, but the full minute rest really like helped you reset. So I, at the end of it, I thought I could have gone for a couple more rounds, but um, fortunately it was only a three round fight. But next time, as soon just as we can get the tape, Luke's got a dissected episode. Yeah, we're gonna turn this <laughs> way into. You know, oh God, I'm gonna yeah. get ripped to shreds. I don't know about that. Defense was a little. I don't know. I've seen Jake Paul fight. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm gonna tell Julia Rose about this. I'm teasing. Oh, Congratulations one more time. Thank Super you, guys. You. And pretty incredible job you did. You should be very proud of Factory Thank Tough. You both. Factory Tough, hey, Courtney. Thank you. There she is. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, BC, that is it for us today. We think have some any of our camera guys have been in a fight? I mean, do Not they look Lou. like it? Not Big Lou. Although he's from Jersey. Uh, I want to make a joke about him being a Syria fan and how racist they are, but I, it would get me into trouble, so I don't want to do that. Um, all right. Hey, that, how do you think we did with these today? Uh, I don't know. How'd they sound? Did it sound? Yeah, it sounded okay? All right. They're complaining? Oh, okay. Well, that's what they do. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we tried. I mean, this might be the last show we do. All right. Uh, I want to remind everyone, Showtime.com is the label that pays. You can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. You can, I think they put up the social graphic already, but you can check that out there. We're on TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. Oh, uh, we have an interview planned with Deontay Wilder. That's yeah, we shouldn't say that because now it's not going to happen. Oh, he'll be there. All right. All right. Um, let's see. We'll, we'll, Wait, let me check my We're supposed to talk to Deontay today, so we'll see how that goes. Morningcombat.store, if you want to get merch that none of us are wearing, that's available there. And uh, that's it. Oh, morningcombat at gmail.com. Morningcombat at gmail.com for Wednesdays, fan subs, Fridays, dead wrong. By the way, we should set this up. We're going to be back right here on Saturday because BC and I are at least scheduled as it stands to call the prelim fights for the upcoming Showtime Championship boxing card, correct? Scheduled? I mean, we get... Oh, I'm doing a bit. We I'm get doing... tea and biscuits with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm just doing a bit. We're scheduled to do that. So we'll be yeah, here... we're going to be calling the prelims, Luke and I, yes. right here. Saturday, of course, that triple header main evented by Sebastian Fundora. That's right. Against Carlos Towering Campo. For the interim junior middleweight strap, uh, Carson, California. So, I, what do they call it now? The home uh, punch bowl. What's the official name of the uh, venue now? Home Depot. No, that was the old one. I don't uh, know. Dignity Health. What's it called? Sports dignity Park. Health. It was, of course, it was Courtney that pulled. You know, that's brought us back. Well, there's no dignity on this set. I can assure you. So, uh, go watch that one because that's where all the dignity will be. All right. So, for the Connecticut King himself, Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.